right? It, there's, what, there's what's your point? There. What's well, your point? Like, Bally's is not in the business of giving beach volleyball players money. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Within the Game podcast. My name is Aaron Wexler, and today I'm joined by the one and only Kent Steppis. Kent, thank you so much for being here. Very happy to be here, always. Talking yes. volley, my favorite thing to do. Yes. So Within the Game podcast is all about how to stay inspired. And I created this podcast back in the pandemic, and I was just trying to figure out how all these champions around me uh, whether it's in sport or business or entrepreneurship, just stay inspired. And so that's the idea of the show. And so thank you to the listener or the viewer on YouTube. If you feel value from this uh, the show, please like, subscribe and comment, engage. I appreciate you. So to Kent Steffes, man, I know we've been doing this or, or we've been uh, talking about doing this for a while. And here we are. And I'm just so thrilled to have you. So Kent, you're an Olympic gold medalist in beach volleyball, winning the 96 games with Karch Karai in Atlanta. You rank fourth time, fourth all time in the beach volleyball tournaments with 110 tournament victories. You have the highest winning percentage in the history of the sport. You're the youngest number one player in the history of the AVP, and you have a business MBA from Stanford, and you also now run a hedge fund. You're also a published author, just publishing the the awesome book called Kings of Summer uh, with your co-author, Travis Maywitter. Again, there it is right there, and there it is right there, too. Again, Ken Steffes, man, really appreciate you being here, man. I am happy to be here. Thank you very much. That's a very nice introduction. Yes. Yes. So I had a very, 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 very fun athletic career. Man. So let's just jump right into this question that I ask all my guests first. What does inspired living mean to you? Uh, you know, I think inspired, I, I find inspiration in sort of the quietness of life. You know, um, I, whenever I'm not in balance, I'm running around and doing too many things. Um, so I need to get away just me personally and just, just get away from all the noise, get away from all the people, get away from doing everything and just sort of sit quietly by myself. And that's when the inspiration comes. I mean, you talked about it here. I, I, I wouldn't be here sitting with you talking with a book published author if there wasn't COVID and there wasn't nothing to do. Right. So I got really inspired during COVID to write a bunch of stuff on volleyball, on winning, uh, on the history of the sport, on what I did in the sport. And so, yeah, that's that's I, whatever I need to get inspired. I just go sit by myself quietly and just let let like that natural just your body will bubble it up for you. What, what, what it wants you to do or what's going to what's going to take me in the next direction specifically. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, you know, how do you stay inspired, right? Because it's one thing to get inspired. It's kind of like get ready or staying ready. How do you stay inspired? You know what? I don't think, God, how would I put that? You don't, okay? Like you go up and down. That's right, right, human right. nature. So, I mean, how do you stay? I think it's what's more important is if you feel yourself getting uninspired, how to get back inspired, right? Mm -hmm, right so right. like if you're playing volleyball and you lose focus, you're going to lose focus. I lose focus. Everyone loses focus. And I'm the you know winningest player ever. I get back in focus. So if you're ever feeling uninspired, how do you get back inspired? So that's what I would probably focus on. Not necessarily, you know, ride the wave, right? If you're feeling inspired, you ride that wave. But if you're not feeling inspired, I do what I do. Go, go in a room by yourself and do some meditation and just, uh, hey, what do I need to do now? You know, where, where, where I got to bubble up again? 
I think I think we all get too crazy and we all get too busy and we're driving in traffic and especially if you're in a city and you got kids and family and jobs and this and that, it can get a little overwhelming, right? So uh, it's like you're, you're bubbly over bubbling oil. And so if you just calm yourself down to get back, you know, kind of get rid of all the clutter around you, the inspiration will rise up in you again. I just, it's, we have an unlimited well, I believe. You just got to go tap it, right? That's what all the yogis say, all the Zen masters say, you just plug into life, it'll come to you. I mean, it's you're blocking it. If it's if you're not feeling inspired, you are blocking it, right? Man, that's you know, I didn't knowledge. need to learn any inspiration when I play. I love playing beach volleyball. I love playing volleyball. I love going down my sandwich, my towel, my ball. When I was a kid, when I was a professional, I love winning. I love winning money. I love traveling. I love playing volleyball. Loved playing volleyball. Loved beating Sinjin and Randy. All right, loved mm -hmm. it. Loved it every time. Hitting that cross court hit, the line shot. Still think about it now. Makes me happy now. All right, man. So, so that's it for me. That's awesome, man. I, you know, I just want to respond to that. I, I really, I really resonate with that, which is like getting quiet. You know, I, I spend actually a lot of time like uh, alone and, and just being one with my, my breath and, you know, I'm, I'm a spiritual person. So like, you know, that alone time is actually really, really valuable. And it makes you actually show up in the world, in my opinion, um, as a better version of yourself. And that's kind of the, one of the main reasons why I started the podcast and why I'm a published author too now is because I want to share that message, which is like, that's what I think is the main point of being inspired, whether it's through sport, business, winning, and we're going to talk about winning. Um, whatever that that highest excitement is, that highest passion, to me, that's that's the goal is to try to get to that place. And I love how you said like being fluid with that, let that flow right? Mm -hmm. Allowing, allowing is a, is a big thing for athletes actually, and entrepreneurs. Cause we like, we go, right. We know how to go hard. We know how to drive, 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 go, go for our goals, go for our goals. But I think in life too, we have to allow, um, can you speak to that for a minute before we jump into all these other topics? Allow, you mean as in terms of like being kind to yourself? Allow, well, like, Look. I mean, just allow, allow to go with the flow, being able to go with the flow. Yeah, look, it's it's perfectly natural, perfectly human, perfectly normal to move in and out of states, in and out of feelings, in and out of inspiration, all right? Yeah. I don't know, if you were to be inspired 100% of the time at the top, what what would that be? It wouldn't even be inspiring anymore, right? Mm -hmm. You gotta, if you don't feel pain, you're never gonna feel joy. If you don't, feel, if you're not down, you're never gonna feel up. If you don't, if you're not sad, you're never gonna be happy. Right. Okay. Right. Perfectly right. natural. Perfectly natural. Like someone who's sad. Well, you have a, if you have a really good reason to be sad, you should be sad. Don't try to fight it. Never try to fight your own self. Okay. I think a lot of times everyone fights themselves. Oh, I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be depressed. Well, I mean, clearly if you're way out there, but you know, if you're feeling down a couple of days, just say, yeah, I'm feeling down. You know, just go back deeper down and then you'll come back up. That's how I always do it. That's what I, I think that. you should do. Right. I think that's so knowledgeable. Yeah. And, you know, to anyone listening to this, you guys got to follow Kent on Facebook because lately, man, you've been sharing a lot of your mind on and your mindset on your Facebook posts. And that's why I've been reaching out because I'm like, oh, man, you, it's inspiring me to like, you know, read some of your, your thought processes about every not just the game of volleyball, but, you know, life like you're talking about right now. It's, it's really cool. No, thank you. Yeah, no, I, you know, as I said, during the pandemic uh, with nothing to do, yeah, <laughs> I, I got quiet. And some, I said, I think it was somebody wrote me a question on Facebook. Oh, you know what it was? 
this, this, you know, this is where it comes from. It's the tiniest thing. You have to always be open to the world, right? I was out in Malibu at that, uh, uh, at that ranch that was opening up. So they're opening up a new hotel. And okay. so I get invited and my partner, Tracy, who's really big in Los Angeles, she got invited and they say, Hey, can you put a, can you put a uh, face or like a social media post for us? Like that, you know, thank you. Thank us for the free hotel. It was beautiful in Malibu. They have a beach club there too. And they say, can you put a little, a little, a little social media post pumping our, our hotel. And I said, sure. And I thought, well, what if some con, you know, somebody asked me a question on Facebook. I'll throw a little content on this. Hey, I'm sitting at the you know, resort hotel in Malibu thinking about beach volleyball. And then from, it just flowed from there. Right. I found myself every weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So I work during the week, markets, market hours. And on Saturday, Sunday, I'd sit down on my computer and start typing. And I'd look up and it would be the afternoon. OK, yeah. that's how inspired I was. That's how fired up I was. The time was gone. Yeah. Right? And not every weekend. Sometimes the muse doesn't hit you. But when it does, I just started. So I just started pumping stuff out. Just what I thought, the stories I liked, everything I liked, everything just. And then people would call or like, people would ask me um uh certain questions or to talk about certain things and again it wasn't it wasn't a project that i thought about from day one it's sort of just again you go to that quiet place it just starts flowing and bubbling and next you know you got a book and a facebook page and i'm you know on uh, doing doing a video breaking down the norwegians and the Qataris, yeah. which i never thought i'd do <laughs> yeah yeah that, that was a cool we'll talk about that in a minute too but yeah before we i have so much to talk to you about but um i gotta commend you on this writing process and this this book project that you did with travis travis maywitter and you know th this book and uh, i told you before that i'm i'm kind of halfway through but i'm really enjoying the imagery that you that you share in there and I'm um, I'm enjoying this all this the juice you got juice in there mm -hmm. you know and as a writer you know I I did the same thing like prior to the uh, to the pandemic I I was like I got so much going on up here let me get it down and just briefly and we'll get more into this in in uh, in the later part of the podcast but briefly talk about the writing process of this book. So the way I write, and I'm not a professional writer. Right. That's and, what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, the writing, the writing's the easy part. It's the, it's the uh, re rewriting and the yeah. revising. That's the yeah. hard part. So I tend to just, I tend to just sit at a computer and just start typing away in any yeah. direction I can. Yeah. You know, it does it total free flowing. Yeah. Um, I just try to, I just try to have inspiration and, and thoughts come in and, I don't even write in sentences or paragraphs. I look things up on the internet. I grab quotes. I, I, I all right. First of all, if you want to see, I, I, you go to my Facebook page, you'll see postings. I can show them to you on my computer. There's probably 10, 10 pages of other stuff I didn't use. Okay. So I've written, I've written, you know, thousands of pages on stuff and I've yeah. only published, you know, 200 and something pages, Right. maybe another hundred on Facebook. So there's a lot on the cutting room floor, right? Because I just, and then I try to think about themes. And what I really, what I really want to, what I want like to do is I want the reader to feel the emotions that I'm feeling or was feeling, okay? To me, that's that's what I'm focusing on. I, 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 want, the, I want the language to be really tight, really tight sentences, but I want you to feel what it was like to be there. Not necessarily like the history per se, uh, of what happened but yeah like we were getting smoked smoked in yeah. the world and, and i had a dream 
when I was eight years old, when I was eight years old, I said, I'm going to be an Olympic gold medalist and I'm getting smoked. I'm losing and I'm, and I'm not having fun. And if I would have lost, I would have been trapped. I would have hurt, you know, felt bad. I mean, right. that's how I was feeling. I cared. I really cared about winning that gold medal, that little thing around your neck. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of want to give, I, I, that's, that's, that's what I want to give you. Like it, it, and everyone was mean to each other and they were calling each other names and best friends became enemies and just sit back and think about being in a pressure cooker like the Olympics with billion people watching on TV, tens of thousands, your family's there and it's tight. <laughs> you're playing, yeah. you're playing, you're doing things you've never done before and have to come up with things that never happened. You didn't practice for this. You didn't practice against Carl Hank. I don't think I played with played away against them ever. So if you don't play against the guy, you don't have their tells, you don't know how they play. They can sneak up on you and you yeah. know it. Right. It's a really cool narrative, especially of that quarterfinal match of the, of the Olympics. Um, but it's really cool how you how you create the narrative for the reader. And it's relatable to anyone who wants to go for something, whether it's sport or anything else. The that's what I am taking from it as I'm as I'm reading it. To allow yourself to go for something in life, right, mm -hmm. to go for it like that's what I get from you. You know, it's like, man, this guy went for it, you know, and yeah, you share all the details and all that stuff. But the main theme I got is allow yourself to go for it. it, it, it it's hard. It, it, yes, you've got to go for it because it's hard. All right. Sports are specifically designed to test you. All right. They're specifically designed to induce fear, combat right. sports. They're specifically designed to create um, uh, anxiety. All right. Uh, pressure. Uh, exhaustion, pain, all right? And women have body image issues all the time, our female athletes. Like, that's how they're designed. And it could be tough for some people, but you got to, you just say, forget it, I'm going for it. Going I'm for just going to go for it. I don't care if I'm anxious or fearful or hurt or tired, you know? And then you begin to get into how the mind works and you feel, and you realize the, the, it's all an illusion, all right? You're, you're fooling yourself, if you think you're tired, and we know about this now, we didn't know about it when I played, right. but now there's a lot more data and information coming out of, uh, you know, universities and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's all an illusion. It's your fear is an illusion. Your pain is an illusion. Your anxiety is an illusion. Your your exhaustion's an illusion. It's just just give it up. You know? Yeah, but the yeah, yogis yeah, yeah. talk about it. The Zen masters talk about it. The Christian mystics talk about it. The moment you surrender. And just say, I'm going to go for it. Winning, win, win. All right. I love to win, period. That's what I'm going for. And I'm not going to do it every time, but I'm still going to, I'm still going to fight my ass yeah. off to go do it. All right. No matter yeah. what, just get, you know, go for it. Just, you want to be an Olympian right now? If you're out there listening to me, go for it. I don't care if you're 80, go for it. My, my dad played, my dad did like master's track, whatever. Like, go for it. Go for it. You'll, you won't regret it. You'll have a great time. Go for it. Kids, mm. too. Become a gold medalist like me. I'm yeah. Sorry. I got excited. No, I love that. I got no, excited. I, I, that's what I, I mean, I love that. And I want this to be relatable to anyone who wants to go for anything, go for it, you know? And, and so let's talk about winning. I know mm -hmm. you like, I, this is a, 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 this is a good topic for you here. Cause you know how to winning. do it. I'm a master, yeah. 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 I'm an expert at winner. PhD. Well, <laughs> well, okay. So let's talk about that. Cause everyone loves winning. You know, well, I don't know if I agree with you. Well, Mr. Rex, I, I would. That's why I said what I said. And I've gotten pushback. Go ahead. 
Okay, well, so everyone, I, I would argue that everyone loves the feeling of winning, but not everyone loves the process of winning. So let's talk about winning mindset. How, how do you define winning mindset? And let's talk about winning mindset before champion mindset, because I feel like that's coming next. But winning mindset, how, how can it be learned, taught, and applied? Well, first of all, it, it's a choice, okay? You either choose to want to win or you do not. You either say, my goal is to win, period, or you do not. And you'll find most people, lots of people, do not want that as their goal, all right? That's scary for most people. It doesn't happen to you. The winningest player in the history of beach volleyball, I have won less than half. So all the other great champions are even worse than that, right? So the first thing you say is, my goal is to win, period, right? If you don't win, that means you, you feel bad. All right. I, I, you don't like to lose. All right. You right, want to win. Right, so right. I lost, I was 1991 world championships, Rio de Janeiro lost, cried my eyes and I cried my eyes because I cared. I cared. It was important to me. All right. That's what I wanted to do. And from there, everything flows. All right. What do you got to do to win? All right. How do you, how do you look at a game? How do you look at yourself? How do you look at training? And from there, everything begins to flow. Like I talk about a chain. All right. You start, this is what you do. Here it is. Here's winning. Now, how do I get there? right how do i get there it's just it, if you don't know why you're not winning why don't you know why you're not winning and if you know why you're not winning are you working on it right it's process winning is process too it's a choice and then it's a process and it, it's hard it's hard all right it's psychologically hard it's mentally hard and that's what you realize when you overcome it all right and, and I get I've, pushback all the time. Don't tell me everyone wants to win. The Cleveland <laughs> Browns do not want to win. I guarantee you. The Minnesota Timberwolves do not. The owners don't want to win. The management doesn't want to win. Nobody on those teams want to win. I can go down the line, all right? There's probably five NBA teams that even have a chance to win the NBA. It ain't happening for the rest of the league, period. They don't care, all right? They don't care. When Belichick, everyone remembers Belichick. He's the, they, everyone thinks he's the greatest coach of all time since Lombardi. They forget he was the failed coach of Cleveland, right? He was the failed coach of Cleveland because Kozar wouldn't run the offense. He refused to run the offense, the quarterback. And when Belichick went to the owner and said, I, we're getting rid of Kozar because he won't run the offense, the owner says, you're not getting rid of anybody. We're getting rid of you, all right? That's not every – yeah, anyway. Yeah. Go on forever about winning. So no, I didn't just like – again, I don't do this for a living, right? I, I run a hedge fund. Right. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a public speaker. I don't give winning mindset talks. Okay. I I'm thinking about maybe after this was so fun, this book, uh, Kings of summer, I might, I'm thinking about writing a book on winning, but I don't, I don't have time. I got I have a job and a family, but again, from that COVID experience, when I couldn't do anything, could no, we're in LA here, right? It was bad. We had a big time lockdown, especially me in West LA. So I just started thinking about, all right, writing, because again, people give me pushback. Ken, that's not right, winning. It's, it should be about other things, about, and that's fine. <laughs> but I, 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 this is almost a work in process you're getting. You're getting me about maybe a halfway through to the final product of what Kent Steffes would say on winning. And I, it's not just me and my experience. That informs a lot of it. I've read about a lot of different guys, a lot yeah. of number one players, right? A lot of number one coaches, Belichick, uh, Jackson, uh, Torre, you know, even George Carl wasn't a good coach. <laughs> he was not a good coach at all. He talks about why he wasn't a good coach and why he didn't win. The players, Jeter, you know, Jordan, um, 
you know, Kerr, you know, Steve Kerr, you know, um, Curry, uh, you know, baseball players like David Wells and things like that. So it's not just me. It's been a study. It's been a fascination. And let me tell you this. All right. Ready, Aaron? Here it is for you and your listeners. There's winners and there's those that do not win. And there's a difference between those that win and those that don't win. And it's a difference which is discoverable and knowable. All right. There is a difference between the Jeters and the guys who are not Jeter. There's a difference between the Belichicks and the coaches that aren't Belichick. All right. There's a difference. They do things differently. They think differently. Yeah. So all you got to do is tap into that. All right. There it is. Simple. I love that. It's I love simple. That. Okay. We Just, gotta, we, we all right. Let throw, me give you an example. Michael Jordan. Kobe's name in there. The, yeah. Kobe. <laughs> Kobe's shooting the last second shot. You know it. I know it. The whole building knows it. Nobody can stop him. Why can't you stop him? You can't stop him because he is doing something different. He's doing something different than you. All right. The other team. Same with Jordan. It's all the same thing, you know? Okay. So, so here's the question then. So I agree with you and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've heard you talk about this before that it winning is a skill that you can actually learn. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, those those guys that all those people you mentioned are different. But what about the everyday person? How can we how can we practice winning? Play a game with somebody that you can win, right? How yeah. do you how do you get a, how do you get a muscle stronger? You go to the gym and you lift it. You don't go lift five hundred pounds right off the bat. You got to lift ten pounds and then fifteen pounds. And what about pounds. um? What about outside of sport? And, and for an example, like this is going to be maybe a funny example, but like when you start your day. You know, do you start your day with a winning mindset? You know, like I'm, I wake up today and I'm a winner. I know that sounds kind of funny, but like, you know, maybe a practice like that. Does that resonate? Well, there's another thing you need to learn when it comes to the winning mindset and winning because it gets to be intense and you have to right. become a certain type of person that you might not like, right? There's another, that's another problem. Right. You, it, right. It, the, what it takes to win uh, isn't who are the nice guys sometimes. Sometimes you got to be mean because you got to be tough. You got to mm-hmm. be you know, a jerk, or you got to be selfish, all right? I'm not, I'm not telling you that's why people don't always want to win. So what you need to learn is something called compartmentalization, all right? So it's appropriate when you're playing a sport, but it's not appropriate uh, in other areas of life. So I don't know how you define a winning mindset with a family, all right? I mean, there's a book, God, who's that book? Uh, Pete Carroll, all right? Win Forever. He wrote a book, yeah. says, win at everything, win your relationship, win a job, win this, and that's fine. I would, I would choose a compartmentalization technique because what it takes to win isn't always what it takes to be the best human being. All right. <laughs> uh, because well, you have to detach a part of your brain basically. So it's all a lot of bank, brain chemistry, but uh, the, the part of your brain, which keeps you from um, you know doing stuff that's antisocial or that ruins relationships, you got to get rid of, right. You got to get rid of the part <laughs> that makes you a nice person. You gotta get you, you gotta and you gotta stick it apart, which is I want to kick that guy's ass. All right. That's not appropriate at church at the barbecue. So you have to you have to you have to you know compartmentalize, you have to what I call emotionally swap, emotionally ramp. So you have to do that. But uh sure, you could look at like all right. So I, I'm in a hedge fund business. Hedge fund, yeah. Money clearly Let's talk about defined. Money. Like you, yeah. you you gotta beat the market average. Right. And there's a way to do that. And again, there's guy, you know, Warren Buffett beats the market averages and he thinks differently than you, than everybody else. He does things differently. All right. You can tap into that if you want to. So I guess it would be, it'd be case dependent on what you're doing um, and, and what's going on. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. every, every, every sort of line of work has got 
people look if they're all right here we go it's simple it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's hedge funds volleyball or church barbecue mm-hmm. right if there's people that are doing it better and people that aren't doing it better so you could figure out why the people that are doing it better are doing it better all right yeah. so if you run a stationary store and it's not that good and the one across the, the city has got a better stationary store however you want to define it they're doing something that you're not that's and- for sure I love it. And let's carry that to the next thing, which is champion mindset, which I think is a little bit different, right? I mean, there's, you can win all the games and then you get to the final and not win. Oh, right? Chokerama, the big chokey <laughs> choke, choke, chokerama. That's right. <laughs> but how do you define champion mindset? You know, like, like I said, this is a working process. Give me, tell me a little bit of what, how you would distinguish a winning mindset from a champion mindset. You're talking about like, uh, uh bringing it in the championship right the difference between winning all the games up to the championship so god you got to want to be there okay the reason why people don't want to be there is they feel a little scared they're fearful phil jackson talks about it all the time he said my athletes were afraid mm. right that's jordan that's pippen that's shaquille that's kobe if he, uh, he's saying that they're afraid they don't necessarily not everyone wants to take the last second shot and everyone wants the ball so champion mindset is the person who's I want the ball. Right, right. I right. want to be in the the person in the championship moment that has the impact on the game. You, all right, me. I wanted them to serve me. One of the biggest right, frustrations right. in the quarterfinal match of the 1996 Olympics was they were serving Karch and we right. were losing. I wanted to serve me. Me. I want the ball in game point. I want it in my hands because I'm going to win. All right. Or at least I don't care. I, I want it. I want to be the guy. Like if I was on a basketball team, I remember that story where, where Jackson wouldn't let Pippen take the last second shot and get the coup code. Like that was, people like, people make fun of Pippen for that. That's wrong. I mean, he was pissed. Like if that was me, I would have punched Jackson. I said, I'm taking the last second shot for sure. Anyway. Right. Like, so that's, I think the difference you kind of want to be there. You know, people ask me like, like, Oh, do you ever get pressure when the Olympics or the world championships? I'm like, God, no, that's where I wanted to be. That's mm. where I, I dreamed about being. I wanted to be a professional athlete. I want, look, I was a kid. I was dreaming about taking the last second shot, hitting the, the home run in the bottom of the ninth in the world series, you know, winning a gold medal, you know, stuff is he's coming from behind, but Oh my God. And not only just to win, I didn't want to just win the world championship. I wanted to win in a tight one and close and like, the one they're going to be talking about forever, which they are, right? It's 25 years. They're still talking about. So everything that I wanted to happen, happened. And if you don't want to be there, you don't want to play it, like literally like a dog looking at a bone. I just, I, I even now I'm thinking about it. Look at it. You know, freaking excited thinking I could get back there because that's where I wanted to be. Right. Not so, everybody wants that. So that's it. That that's competitive greatness, right? That's the champion's mind. Me. I want, I know it's uh, it's a problem with those teammates you got to deal with that guy over there on the left no it's it's really interesting and you know the first word that comes to mind when i hear you talk like this is confidence i mean you obviously exude it and you've always exuded it you've always had that confidence can you speak to confidence when it comes to champion mindset to winning and also speak to if someone's struggling with confidence how to increase their confidence well, confidence, um, you know, God, I don't like that word so much because okay. it's got so much negative connotation to it. 
again, like we're, we're learning a lot more about the structure of the brain, uh-huh. how it works and how the dopamine levels work and the five brain chemicals that, you know, it's, 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 it's less confident. It's it, the word is wrong. It's more like, it's more like a, 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 a surrendering, mm, right? it's, a, it's a detachment. I like, right? I like it. So I like where you're going words, with like you, uh, yeah, here's a bad way of saying it. You don't give a crap. All right. That comes across to people wow. as confidence. And when you ramp that up, everyone says, oh, he's cocky. Oh, he's cocky. Right. Right. You know, <laughs> double fingers to you. <laughs> like I'm playing a game. And I'm trying to win. Like stop being judgy. Like everyone's judgmental. Yeah. Right. So if you want to get more confident, just start surrendering, start, you know, um, detaching. You just detach and you just say, I don't give a crap anymore. I'm doing, I'm going, That's- right? So that. You start walking around, you got the shoulders back, and everyone's like, look at that guy. He's real confident. That's deep. You know, that's I'm just gonna, well, he's going to walk. You ready? ready? If you're going to walk across the freeway, you look confident, right? Because you don't care you get hit. <laughs> that's really deep, though. I mean, you know what? Okay, here's two things that come to mind about that. Number one, self-belief. I think that's maybe a better way to say it instead of confidence. Like, I, I believe in myself. I believe in my ability, not just to win, but I'm, I believe that I belong right? Especially for kids, you know, I work with kids and I, I belong here. You know, this is where I'm at. I'm here right now. Like that self-belief, I think is really important, but also FOPO, which is the fear of other people's opinions, which a lot of people struggle with, right? Like, especially now in the social media era, right? We're always like worried about, are we being liked, you know? <laughs> fear of social exclusion, FOS, F-O-S-E, fear of social exclusion. Right. That's right. Human beings are, are social animals and, and, and sports test that. But as a winner, as a champion, you know, you don't have time for that stuff, right? You Or maybe it comes in, but you no, just... You've chosen. You've chosen. You made a choice. It's always a right. choice. It's all we always talk. We've talked about this before. It's yeah, a yeah. choice. Yeah. You choose to win. Win, right? That, do you care what people think about you? Or do you care about winning? Right. Do you care about being uh, people's opinions, social exclusion, or do you care about winning? Right. right? I'm going to tell you this. Right. When you start acting in certain ways all right so here we go human beings are social the moment one guy picks his head up they everyone else wants to smash that thing down that's how it works man in human beings all our stories are like that every story is the hero who goes off right to save everybody else you know jesus christ you know died for our sins the one guy all right (laughs) went out that's there's always these themes throughout time and i'm just i'm not being like you don't you don't even have to be christian to understand the themes in humanity that somebody's got to leave the fire and go save us all that right, one guy right, right the, what happens to the hero then he has this greek tragedy kills his mom and you know, buries his dad or whatever whatever the story is so yeah i get it <laughs> I, I get it you know everyone's who's that who does, who does that guy think he is he thinks he's better than all of us i get that now for god's sake right 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 now you want a list of everything that they've said about me you want the whole list or just the top five no right? i get we can I, go through it all oh he it. does this he does that good hey you know what i got my right. friends i got my family right see there's the attitude you know what yeah. hey, look you win you go out and start, you got guy you got on your shirt that's problems in life okay yeah (laughs) everybody like that guy right right Right. he's had some pretty nasty things said about him but guess what he wins he's a champion oh what do they say about him oh he's not they call him narcissist for god's sakes right well you gotta be kind of a little bit like that to be a professional athlete so screw you a little bit or just say that as a kid or well not it could be again it's tough 
I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy to sort of detach. Again, you got to detach that part of your humanity, compartmentalize it, put it in a closet, go play your game or do your activity, and then come back and grab that, bring that humanity back to you. That's what I mean by compartmentalization. Yeah. And you could do it poorly. You could do it well. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Look, I'll give you another Ronaldo. Yeah. I read him in the news today. Somebody wants to take a selfie with him. Like, how dare, huh? I go, well, look, the guy's walking off the court, walking off the field of the game. You're running up to him and bothering him. All right. Leave him alone. Like, of course, the news is like what a jerk Ronaldo is. When I read them, like, you leave him alone. Like, it was, it was the, uh, it was the lady who, who wrote, drove the ambulance, right? So she's got a special spot in the arena, just wanted to bug him. Doesn't realize that there's 8 million people on the planet that would want to come up to him right now and have selfies all day, every day. Like, leave the guy alone. All right. No, this is really interesting, Kent, because. My, you know, my mind went when you mentioned Ronaldo. Is did you watch the U.S. Open of tennis? Uh, Alcaraz, did you watch no, any? I watched the semis, I didn't watch the, I was that semi there. was great. The, yeah. That was a, that was an amazing match. But this guy, Alcaraz, uh, who just won the U.S. Open as a 19 year old, um, it exudes confidence or self belief, or mm-hmm. you know, um, but is or so doesn't care, just doesn't care, doesn't right? No, again, has that again, you're interpreting what's going on in a athlete's mind and you're sure. not getting it's not true right it's not For about sure. confidence it's something we now know it's something else no no i get that part but yeah uh, i got it we could use that word just yeah that's yeah fine. It, it appears to be calm we could just yes. it's as like long a, as we understand it that's not what's happening it's a difference go ahead sorry yeah yeah no that's okay no what i was saying is that but then after he won he just comes off as like the most humble guy ever like he's he's like radiating humility this gratitude this appreciation and like people love that too right they feel like so drawn to that i love that um can you speak to that can you speak to like this gratitude you know because i'm i'm really working on um being just grateful for everything in my life but i want this champion mindset too i i think there's a there's a balance there can you speak to that Again, I'm not sure it's a balance so much as a compartment. You're going to move in and out of a state. Okay. 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 Those athletes, they teach you to go kill it, kick the guys out, right? You're a UFC fighter. You're, I want to bash your face in. Yeah. But then they hug each other right after, right? Of course. Right. Because it's more control. But you want to, you want to beat some people up and you want to hurt them. You want to hurt them badly. Then all of a sudden you hug and you try to, you have to state change into into normalness. Let's call it. You call it humility. That's fine. Some athletes don't do it as well as others. Some athletes aren't as good at the state change as others. That's the only thing I see. Does, you know what? An, ath- an athlete does not owe anybody anything but to play his game. Right. Okay. The only the only obligation Ronaldo has is to play soccer. He doesn't have an obligation to do selfies or autographs <laughs> or talk nice or do, you know, get people inspired or do things. You can't. If you want to, sure. Just, I, in my opinion... And this is new for me, all right? Like I said, this, this winning pro- mindset is a project in, in motion. Sure, I've sure. just been thinking about this lately. You do not owe anything. Athletes do not owe anything to anybody but the players. Because I'm working with a baseball guy. I can't mention his name, but he's really good. He wants mm-hmm. to get better. All right, so I'm working on his mindset. And the, he calls it the rah-rah. He goes, I don't do the rah-rah. I go, and you shouldn't. You should focus on hitting that pill over the wall. That's it, all right? Don't focus on anything else. So, Okay. Some athletes are better at it than others. Messi seems to be a great guy who does things like that, like you like. And if that inspires people, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. It's not necessary. So instead of, instead of like, instead of, you know, I, I don't like when they focus negatively on an athlete, but sure, if an athlete, some athletes like to do that. 
Yeah. Okay? You know, Karch would, Karch would hit that last ball and go running to the car to take him to the airport. All right. He didn't stick around for the interview on TV, the, the award ceremony where you stand up there and you get your trophy and you go, Miller Light was great. Thank you, Cleveland. Right. He was gone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He had young kids and he had been doing it forever. So give, I, I got to give him a break. I don't have a problem with it. But I did a lot more, you know, so I did a lot more promotion for the tour. So I was, you know, did a ton of promotion, but I had a big promotion where Sinja did like, like really micro. He'd love to do, you know, a, a small events, a little clinics. He did uh, appearances in stores. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunities. And again, you're going to get criticized no matter what you do. So do what you like. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So if this kid, well, wait till the fame and everybody starts tearing at him. See if he continues to be humble. He's young. <laughs> life that's true. That, that's, that's a good point. You know, life but, can smack you in the face. Just wait till someone accuses you of something you didn't do yeah. right, as an athlete. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, of course. But of course, it's always nice. It's, all, it's great. But it's the same thing in business. God, I, I've been in business. I, I've met the biggest scumbags in business, including ones that have run the AVP tour. All right, they are <laughs> scumbags. They are not inspiring, like you said. All right, they're they're, they're not they're not that athlete who's humble and you, we want to hear about. There's some business leaders that are like that. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I won't even tell you what one head of the AVP once told me. Well, <laughs> it was horrible. Okay, well, we'll hold that thought because I actually I want to talk about the AVP in a minute here, but. Let's let's stay with this idea because you actually I heard you I think it was the Gabby Reese show you were talking about how you you do yoga and sure. I yeah. and I I was like oh really okay that's cool because I'm a yogi myself and I there's something about yoga that's um, that's really cool yes for the body you get more flexible but for the mind body connection like that spiritual connection and especially I want to ask you about visualization because mm -hmm. when you're like spe specifically in shavasana which is the last pose the the corpse pose you're just laying there. You, you can actually, in my experience anyway, you can actually really start to see things that your your desired outcomes, which we like to do in sports, right? If we want to win, and I, I'm curious how, how you would respond to this as a champion. But like, what I like to teach is like, if you want a desired outcome winning, you have to kind of project that visual image into your subconscious and be like, yes, th this is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. It's uh, attaching emotion to it. Um, what is your experience with visualization throughout your career and now as a yogi? Well, when I was a kid, <clears throat> when I was a kid, I, I, I did a lot of visualization just because you have a, you're, and you're kind of daydreaming and dreaming. Yeah, right, right, so right. I wanted to be a professional athlete. It didn't matter what it was. And I, I imagined myself again in the championship, being the guy at the championship moment. Um, and I played a lot of sports growing up and I won a lot growing up, you know, that's what we say. We can train and get, get on a team where you're kicking everybody's butt. It doesn't, <laughs> you know, you know, don't, I, all these parents are like, Oh, I'm going to have my kid up that you don't want failure out of you. So, uh, um, well, when you're a professional, the moment you get to be a professional, uh, uh, the visualization works, but what really is it is focus. Okay. So. Uh, you're visually again you're like when I'm a kid I'm like ah, I'm gonna be a baseball player a basketball player whatever like I just want to mm -hmm. be an athlete and win a championship and win a gold medal when I was eight years old I was gonna be a decathlon athlete right that didn't happen huh. but, but uh, um, you're almost god as a professional athlete as a champion athlete you're really your 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 image goes to like what the other team's gonna do so you're really focused on what Sinjin's going to do and what Randy's going to do, what Karch is going to do. And you're thinking about like, what am I going to do about these guys? Or what if, right, what if he blocks line, what am I going to do? I'm, you're really, you're really visualizing 
it's not it's not so much the daydreaming you do as a kid again you're you've got to win a tournament or match you're visualizing almost the exact mo moves you're going to do okay so uh, all right ready all right well, all right i got randy now all right he, he blocks like this I'm, I'm, i know you can't tell what's going on in my brain here look at yeah. my brain all right you see what's happening in my brain okay uh i'm going all right how does randy block all right sinjin sinjin likes to do this he moves around so i'm gonna I, all right what, what happens if he moves this way what happens if he moves that way randy's gonna split block like all right i'm gonna I, I'm, I'm just always i'm constantly running this reel of, of what i'm gonna do against them remembering you know this i call it i call it the um, um mental map right your mental map again it's not two-dimensional it's through three your brain so it's a you know, big three-dimensional in time five six eight hundred dimensions it doesn't matter at yeah. this point so it's this map of of what to expect so next thing you know when it like you you've already been there it's like this is what i tell people you, time dilations you're an athlete you can stop time if you know what you're doing all right all of a sudden the time stops which is really <laughs> really creepy and singes wow. in the air like this and uh or now the vikings you see that viking hand and he's gonna he's gonna do the shot yeah and you stop time all right and i've talked to andy fishburne he says yeah i could just stop time too all right then what you do is like oh god the alchemist have you ever heard of the alchemist yeah right? of course that yeah. scene in the alchemist where he's in the desert because that you know you when your focus is perfect and you've stopped time that's when you can tell what to do right if, if you if you're not there right it, it, human beings bounce between the future and the past if you're not there right, you don't know what to do you're not going to know what you're guessing all right so now next thing you do you start you start moving into the future all right so you've stopped time now you're in the future now you're replaying it back and forth okay so there goes singes hitting the his hitting the line hitting the line hitting the line back and then you're like okay let's start the tape up again and i start running towards the line and i get it, it if you've experienced it, you know it. It's good. So we talk about it. Pitter patter the feet. So it's, it's, an, it's a, so it's a, it, it might sound weird to you. <laughs> okay, like, it's not even close to being strange to me when I say time stops and I'm watching everybody. Like in movies, talk in movies have these imageries too of time stopping, the Matrix, or going in the future and going back. The artists understand it as an experience, and human beings, you can have that experience too. All right, you want to be a scientist and be all scientific -y on me? Great. I've done so much visualization that it, it is almost like as if I've been in the future because I know what you're going to do because I've thought about it and I've seen it. I've run this tape back and forth, back and forth. All right, people, the action precedes or the thought precedes the action. You cannot, I cannot move my arm unless something from here goes to here and tells it to move. All right, there's time in between there. You have to generate the thought to move the arm and you can you could key in on that so before i move my arm i do this with my head and then i move my arm all right you are seeing the future so so again when you're young visualization should be really happy and winning championships and yay but when you get to be a professional athlete your visualization has got to be way more specific because you're working on really detailed parts of your mental map all right that's that's the point now again now i'm back i'm an old man <laughs> 54 years old and i take yoga and I just love in this case. I just I just want my brain to open up and just let everything flow, the, the universe to come in. Right. That's cool. Just the thought. You know, I'm, I don't focus on a thought. I don't focus on anything. Just, just, just like all right. I'm sitting here. Ready? Everything's coming in. Just that's great. Cool. It's great. Yeah. So that, that makes me happy. Makes me really happy. That's so cool, man. That. I I really love uh, where that conversation went because you're. Ba I think basically what you're talking about is being in the flow. 
right? When time stops like that, I mean, you're, you're just your flow state. Yes, that's flow state, right? You're not going to be very good if you're not a flow state, right? Uh, a couple things. Number one, do you recommend most? Okay, let's let's talk athlete first. Then we'll mm-hmm. talk other non-athlete. Do you recommend athletes visualize before every practice and every game? I guess it depends on the athlete, right? I mean, okay. what, what, it depends on, well, first of all, like the, you got to know if you're doing it right. <laughs> right, right. Bad advice out there. <laughs> so what kind of visualization are you doing? Um, it depends on the sport, right? So if anybody out there, if you Google, uh, oh God, oh, Jesus, <laughs> who's the swimmer is really good. and got like 20 gold Phelps. Michael Phelps, Phelps, right? He has a, he has a complete, step-by-step visualization program that his his coach put in which is like from the moment he takes the socks off to put his put his you know swim shorts on to the second he gets in the blocks in a whole way right like they talk about his glasses fell off but he had already visualized losing glasses in a race that's right so that's a so if you like that if you like that step-by-step one okay that's cool too if you like what i was talking about about like sort of replaying players back and forth but I've also heard you. I've also heard, heard people using um, a visualization uh, for again. It's mental, physical, and emotional. So you can right, right, right. visualize um, uh, physically, mentally, and emotionally. So you can also feel, you can also uh, visualize how you're going to feel, right? What you're going to think about when you're playing. All right. Why don't you visualize having a great time out there? Having you know, like I said, I visualized in the pressure situation, having a great time. And when I was in the Olympics in 1996, and I was losing, I was not having fun. <laughs> we talk about that in the book from the first right, page right, of the book right. right i was not having fun i was out of balance and in my little boy in my head little crazy boy in my head says we're not having fun that's why we play right you're not going to win the championship you're not going to have the champion mind in the championship if you don't have fun because that's what you visualize you mm. visualize yourself winning having fun and i wasn't doing it so I can get That's off cool. on these topics. Yeah, I, I love it. No, but I, I, I get it. I don't do this for a living. I don't have any such stick. I just made that up. Not made I, it up, but I just thought about that and verbalized it for the first time. It's but great. It's true. Yeah. Everything I just said is true. It's great. And okay, so let's let's it's original continue. content. This is original content, people. You'll <laughs> not find this anywhere else. Well, let's continue down this road a little bit. So I've heard you talk about the. Uh, I have the book over here somewhere. The the inner game of tennis. I've heard you talk about it before. It's probably right I have there. It handy. There you go. I there have you go. it right next to you. Let's talk well, about this. The, golf the is not a game of perfect. Every athlete. Yeah, man. Right yeah. next to you. <laughs> so let's talk about this self-talk and this self one, self two that they huh? that uh, that they talk about in that book. And I want you to frame it back to your experience as a champion, as an athlete. It doesn't even, doesn't even have to be a champion. It could just be an athlete. And this self-talk, because all the the, the self-talk, I, I believe, really uh plays kind of a back and forth role with this idea of being in flow state and being you know true to your visualization if that makes sense mm-hmm. okay yes. here we go people yeah yeah so, so yeah yeah talk about game that. of tennis all right <laughs> this is from the 1970s this is the foundational work he was the first guy who started talking about that we know a lot more right now that's why the golf is not a game of perfect is is more up to date yeah but he he ted there's two selves right there's self one and self two and one is sort of rules-based and uh, knows the court size and says to hit the ball like this with the elbow. And the other side just likes to play, likes to have fun, like, you know, likes to, and his, it was tennis, right? So he was saying, you know, that the, the self too just, just wants to hit the ball. He wants to, hit, you know, how you see a kid, he just wants to wail it over the fence. 
you're like, no, you have to keep it in the lines. Like that's self one. Self two wants to hit it over the fence. Self one says, you got to hit it in the lines. So what, because what he was finding was athletes were talking to themselves. You see it all the time. God damn it, Stavis, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> right, come right, on. Right. Like, right. Who is the, who is the athlete talking to? Now we, all right, here it is. Ready? Everybody out there. We are made of parts. Now we know, all right? He said two, there's more, okay? Our, we are not a single unitary being. We have a brain. It's got three different parts to it. It's even more parts than that. Then there's the pituitary system. Then there's, you know, all the other systems that are going on in our body, right? There's the neurosystem. Sometimes they work together. Mostly they don't, okay? So there's going to be one part of you, which is fighting another part of you, all right? Pain is an emotion. Fatigue is an emotion. It's your body trying to get you to stop. Okay. That's the cells in there. So again, the foundational work is there. Once you understand that, you can begin to have a conversation with yourself. Okay. Anybody out there who suffers anxiety as an athlete, ready? Here it is. Anxiety is your body's motivational tool. It's your best motivational tool. Your body is telling you you're not doing something. It's kicking you in the butt. I, I got it. You don't like it. I got it. It makes you feel uncomfortable, but you're not doing something. All right. Any athlete out there, the next time you get anxiety, say this, what do you want me to do? What am I not doing? Like imagine right. it's a second person. This is the conversations that athletes have. We're, you know, cause that's how our brains are made up. That's how our bodies are made up. Okay. Like this part wants to sit down you know, around the couch and eat bonbons. This one wants to climb <laughs> Mount Everest. He's got these inspirational thoughts. I want to win. I want to be a gold medalist, Ken. And the other guy's like, yeah, kind of. There's a great YouTube video I haven't watched on TikTok <laughs> or whatever. Okay. These, this is what's going. We are no different than you. If, if elite athletes are no different than you. We're the same. We could just recognize it earlier, get back on track quicker. So again, you right. have anxiety, simply ask, what am I not doing? You got to have a conversation all the time with yourself. That's what the guy from Inner Game of Tennis says. There is this conversation that's going on within athletes and athletes' brains in the mo competitions at the moment of truth, constantly, constantly. And you're just you're kind of managing that thing. I said, like I said in 1996, a little boy popped up and says, you're, "You're not having fun." All right, that part of me said, "You're not having fun and you're screwing up." Right. Again, when I was in, I was uh, when I was in Rio and it's hundred degrees, your body's saying, get back in the, in the cool, you know, air conditioned room, your whole, like, all right, all right people, you walk out into a hundred degree Rio de Janeiro, you know, arena with 10,000 people screaming and throwing things at you. Your body's not going to like that. Right. Something on your body's going to be, you got to get out of here. All right. Do you, 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 so before I'd start playing, God, I would call it flushing out. So you, know, you, you, you do a state change. So I couldn't breathe, okay, when I first started playing. my arm I called it a spaghetti arm. My arm wouldn't work. Nobody ever wanted to, like, play pepper with me because I sucked, okay? Before a game, my arm wouldn't work. It would be like I couldn't hit a ball. Like, I'd hit the ball and go three feet from me. I couldn't even pepper it back to cards. I couldn't breathe. <sighs> I was thinking, like, I'm hyperventilating. But, but I knew because I was a professional athlete. I knew these are state changes. I, my body's like stop you don't i don't want to do this i don't want to do this my arm's like i'm not gonna let you work i'm not gonna let you and sometimes would, i'd get into the game and my arm wouldn't work but i know eventually it would i'm telling wow. you I, i'm giving you the truth out there people no, every athlete does it some of them don't talk about it sometimes but yeah i'm hyperventilating my arm doesn't work and i'm in the world championships but i know it's gonna you know whatever like i wanted to win so i just told myself all right if i'm gonna hyperventilate what my arm's gonna do and my, your body's screaming at you to stop. The pain that comes in is tough. The exhaustion that comes in. God, I looked at Adam Johnson. I go, I, I'm, I'm stopped sweating. 
Okay, my body stops sweating because it's trying to get me to stop, right? I'm about to go down. Guys on tour would go to the hospital in the, in the ambulance. We call it the Whitmobile because he would, he would push himself so hard that he'd go blind one time. He couldn't see. Yeah. Right? That's not healthy, I don't think. <laughs> oh, this is really interesting, Kent. And um, so let's expand on, let's actually, let's move into emotional management, which kind of is what you're talking about because... This, okay, so this is where I want to take this. So we mentioned self one, self two, and you mentioned there's more, right? Oh, now yeah. we know that there's more. Mm -hmm. So the way I like to frame emotional management, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, is strong voice, weak voice, which comes from Sue Enquist. Uh, Sue Enquist, a legendary softball coach at U, uh, UCLA. She's awesome. And she talks about this, this management, this, this, uh, strong voice i'm gonna win i'm a champion let's go fired up weak voice i suck i'm tired uh we're gonna lose uh i don't even want to be here Ugh. right so like specifically for a youth athlete right like there's a constant uh, manage management of those strong voices and those weak voices so similar to self one self two but just slightly different um to me it's really important to manage this strong voice. And when, when the strong voice comes, we want to like tell the strong voice, stay, we want more strong voice, strong voice, strong voice, strong voice. When the weak voice comes, we want to be like, that's my weak voice. Uh, thanks for showing up, but I don't need you right now. We'll, we'll talk later <laughs> or something like that. Or, or maybe even I ignore you. I don't need you at all right now, but to identify, to be aware of those different voices. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, okay. First of all, they happen. They happen all the time. So yeah. the way I would approach it is this way. You are a human being. There's nothing that's happening within you that is wrong or bad. All right. Anxiety is there for a reason. Fear is there for a reason. Exhaustion yeah. is there for a reason. So my only problem with strong and weak voice is I don't like the verbiage. I should okay. be strong voice and strong voice. You shouldn't mm. be thinking that it's bad, right? Mm. The things like that, that they're telling you, again, the moment you sit there and say it's bad or you want that you try to get away from it, just, I don't know if that's the way to do it. Okay. I would say they're both, they're like, what, what are you trying to tell me? All right. You, you know, it's not, again, being an athlete puts you into jeopardy as a human being. Right? It's no, it's, it's it makes complete sense to me that when you're working with youth, they have voices in their head, tell them to stop, tell them to do yeah. something differently. That's what they're doing. They're telling them this is because it's not what they should be doing. That once you recognize that, I think now you can have a conversation with it. Why, why don't you want me to play sports? Like, why are you sending me that voice? Like, what, what are you trying to tell me? Again, if you, if you take the, you take the postulation that it's, it's good, right? That is part of you. Therefore it must have a purpose. What is its purpose? Right. It's good. It, Ultimately, you're going to have to have a conversation. And here's the key. I, you you, you rewatch re this. You said something interesting. You don't get to tell it to go away. You're not in charge. It's in charge. Okay. Anxiety's in charge. Fear's in charge. Pressure's in charge. And if you don't look, if you don't, you don't listen to it and have a conversation with it, mm, you're not in charge. All right. right so, right. That's, so if a kid comes, you're like, well, all right, you these voices, good. That's, that's good. Yeah. Ken Stavis has voices in his head. Yeah. I've talked to him. I've told Payne. Yeah, I said, look, hey, Payne, like, we're good. Like, all right, so in Brazil, I'm like, I, I get it, body. <laughs> I get it. It's, but I'm not on the savanna of three, 30,000 years ago about to be eaten by a lion. I'm in a stadium in a city with, uh, you know, the ambulances right there. If I got a problem, doctors everywhere. So don't worry. I'm good. Right. Right, don't right, worry. Right. 
right? So that's kind of, that's how I would approach it with the kids too. Be like, ah, you know, God, kids, like that's a problem with girl sports when they're young. They want to go hang out with their friends and boys, they want to like, they don't want to like jump around in the dirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. hard to keep, hard to keep girls motivated. You got to get it with pizza and ice cream, you know, <laughs> you have to have, have, have them have fun if you want, especially girl, young girls to stay with sports. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really, it's really cool. I appreciate that take on that. What about for the everyday person? may not be an athlete just walking around just going through their life going to work coming home emotional management tools for them that's harder i think because the goal in sport is easier we're trying to win so we know right, right. what we're doing we know we're pushing through pain and exhaustion it can be more difficult in, in your everyday life because a lot of people don't have a goal that they're really fired up to do every day right you gotta want to get up there Every, you know, what's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? Are you, you're like, oh, God. Or you're like, yeah, man. Like, I, I live in a great place. I go to the window. I, I love where I live. I look out of the Malibu Mountains. I said, this is a great day. <laughs> like, my partner, Tracy, is always like, every day you say it's a great day. Go, it That's is. cool, man. Day. And I'm in the markets, too, right? So we, we're on New York time. So I got to get right in there. I love, I love, I want to see what the markets are doing, right? I, I dig that now. You don't have something like that. Those other voices, the weak voices you talked about, they're going to dominate, right? right. They're going to dominate because you're going to be like, oh, I'll just go drink today. And I'll just, I'm not going to go to the gym. What do they say? Here's a perfect tip. Get, no matter what happens, get your clothes on, get your shoes on and drive to the gym. No excuse. Right, right. Okay? Just show up. Once you show up, if you don't want to work out, that's fine. Don't make the don't take, make that decision at home. Don't say I don't want to work out today. To, Every day you're going to that gym. I don't care what it is. You're going, if you don't want to work out, just get your clothes on, go in there. Cause now you're in there. You're like, ah, maybe I might as well work out. I'm here. <laughs> That's yeah, the way no. that there's, oh, there's, there's no, as you get older an everyday person, again, if you don't train yours, the, everything I just said about, you know, the management, emotional management can be trained just like a muscle, right? Just cause it's emotional and a mental doesn't mean it's not just like a muscle jumping. If you, if you train jumping, you gotta, you gotta do your weightlifting, you gotta do plyometrics, you got to jump. You got to do your form correctly. You're going to jump better. Your emotional management the same way. I've done yeah, it. I've yeah. done mental management, emotional management, emotional training, mental training. You can do it. So again, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, uh, they, I get, that's what all that stuff you're talking about, yoga and meditation yeah. and all the classes people do. Uh, I think if I were to like everyday people, it's not as it's not as difficult as you think it's not as big a deal it's like it's it's totally normal that you could get your find yourself in a situation where the weak like you said the weak voice is kind of overwhelming you a little bit now do you have a goal that you're going for or even better are you, are you doing a little time training you brush your teeth every day you work on your emotional management every day work on your emotional management when you're t- brushing your teeth okay? yeah Work, yeah, on, totally. work on generating your strong voices when you're brushing your teeth, okay? Totally. Showering. When you're in the shower, talk, talk about emotional, mental training. <laughs> Again, that's right? So great tip. if you're not, look, if you're not spending, all right, if, you don't, if you're not spending time on a goal or, or trying to figure out a goal, if you're not spending time visualizing yourself, being happy, being successful, being that, if you're not work going to the a, a mental and emotional gym, okay? Not the physical gym, the mental and emotional gym, what are you going to expect? What do you expect? Yeah, man. Yeah. What do you expect? Spe- you know, carve out a little bit of your day. It's a long day. You, you're not that busy, people out there. You're not that busy. You can carve out some time. Two things come to mind on that real quick. Mm-hmm. Number one, I would say one of the best things I've done recently in my life is I 
started to shut out the noise, right? Like the news, because that controls your narrative, right? And so, right. It's specifically designed. It's designed. It's addictive. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yes. So like, to me, that was, that's a big tip. And, and I, what I'm doing now is I surround myself with people that really inspire me like yourself and like people who have been on the show and like people that feed the best version of myself. I can, mm -hmm. I can like, I can take a tip from Kent Steffes or whoever it may be rather than people who look at the glass half empty. And that was the second thing that comes to mind, which is this abundance mindset. And like, you know, you being, you know, successful in a hedge fund. I mean, to me, there's, there's three ways to look at the glass. It's either half empty, half full or overflowing. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. I like the overflowing. Right. And that's just that to me that 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 is that kind of encompasses everything that we're talking about. Right. Which is like, yes, winning, winning mindset and being in the flow and and, you know, having the good self-talk that's overflowing abundance. Can you speak to that? <laughs> Ken, if you have an abundance mindset, you will get abundance. Yeah. Right. They did yeah. a study on luck. OK, there are lucky people and there are unlucky people and the lucky people are looking for be, looking to be lucky. Right. Right. All right. Uh, it has to do with awareness, actually. Right. But oh, the, like you like lucky people aren't just lucky. They they're trying. They try to get lucky. OK, so you got the abundance. mind. people who have abundance have an abundance mindset. OK, people who uh, you know visualize people who are being successful are visualizing. So it's I it's, I'm I call it a switch. Right, yeah. I call it the winning switch. Right, right. It is not difficult. You you either have the either flip the winning switch or not. Now this switch might be in a room with a bunch of junk all over it. You know, piled high with all a bunch of garbage that you have trouble getting to and finding. But it's the switch. You just choose that abundance mindset, that luckiness. You know, God, just look. I'm gonna get lucky today at something. Just think about it. You know, I think about it. I'm gonna get lucky today. I love that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna get something today. I'm, I'm gonna get something. You know, that, that see, that's your great. Brain, that, yeah, your brain then fo again. It's, it's not hoopty doopty whoopty doopty. You know, yoga stuff. Like you know, back in the day, yoga people were like, oh, they're kind of flowery children. We now know. We now have the science on it. We now have the studies on it. All right. What happens when you have an abundance mindset, a luck mindset, a winning mindset is your brain shifts. The chemicals in your brain change. All right, and you begin yes. to look. For abundance you begin to yes. look for opportunity all you got to do is change but that's gold bro that's yeah. that's beautiful let's spend a little bit of time on the within the game part of it which is the you know i played right side so i want i want to pick your brain a little bit on the right side your approach yeah yeah the, the famous high line that no one could get <laughs> you know you you i've heard you talk about it before you've had two shots your angle and your high line it's all you need, um, you just need yeah two that's shots. all you need and i'd love to hear some strategy stuff i've also heard you talk about just hit them where they're not <laughs> which is pretty funny um talk a little bit about the specifics of the game and even you could even bring up how you you broke uh broke down that game footage last night on the on your... <laughs> yesterday yeah yeah yesterday <laughs> Yeah, so anybody who doesn't know, if you go to my web Facebook page, um, there's I just I just decided to because I'm writing about winning right now. I'm on uh, I'm just doing some promos for the book. Yeah. So I write some stuff up on Facebook, like some of the outtakes from the book, basically. And uh didn't make the cut just for a variety of reasons. But I did I so I was talking about how you chart you, the chain, how you chart a match. And because Triborn was telling me they they, they stink, <laughs> the coaches, they don't give them good information. So I said, oh, I'll do it. 
I'll show you. So I I took a, just a random game, the, the finals in Cancun, and I broke it down. I'll show you how to beat the Norwegians. I'll show you how to beat the Qataris. 30 days with the Qataris, Aaron. They'll be the best team in the world if I had them. And it's so, really cool. Yeah. Oh, so, sorry. All right. Let's get yeah, specific. Yeah, yeah. You, you hit it where they ain't, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Next month, Monday, if you go to my Facebook page, right, it's uh, 916 right now. It's never 16. Monday, it's, I'm going to tell you, okay? You got to find the core of a sport, right? Every sport has a core, right? What's its purpose? You have to understand the purpose of the sport or you won't understand its meaning, okay? And if you, if you don't have, a, if you don't understand the meaning of the sport you're playing, you're lost. That's why you have to love a sport. You have to love a sport because if you don't love it, it's not going to show you its meaning, yeah. all right? So what is the core, right? What are you trying to do? I say, hit it where they aren't and everybody laughs at me. That's what you're trying to do, yeah. all right? You hit it where they're not. Right, that's an offense. Okay, you got to start with a core. You put a plant. I, I, I call it a tent pole. Right, you got to put a tent pole somewhere. You got to put a cornerstone in somewhere. So right there, talk about vision because I've heard you talk about this before. Where your eye, you have to see the block. Right. Well, how are you going to hit it where they're not if you can't see where they are? Okay? So how many looks? Okay, so this is specific. How many looks did you used to take? Because I think you took about three. Not one. One really. Yeah, you're misunderstanding. You're misunderstanding how vision okay. works. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. Okay. Again, what's the purpose of a sport? All sports challenge your humanity in many ways. What is it in volleyball? It's the inability to see near and far at the same time. Okay. Okay. So you can either focus on the near or focus on the far. You have to do both. <laughs> okay. You have to train yourself to look at something near and something far. All right. So. You know, you can, you can train it by just, let me see. Do I have a volleyball here? All right, here we go, guys. Here we go. <laughs> <That's those. laughs> you want it. Here it is. All right. So I sit there and I bounce the ball, but I'm looking at you, right? I'm looking at, see my eyes? I'm not looking yeah. at the ball. Yeah. So I'm training myself to see the ball. Peripheral vision. No, it's not peripheral vision. It's not peripheral vision. It's a single unitary vision. Hmm. Right? You just, again, just surrender. Trust me, you have to surrender. You have to you have, you have to detach. Just here, all right. The ball has a the ball has a ballistic trajectory, right? So you know where it's going. Actually, you don't have to see it because you see in the future and you visual. You don't have to see where it's going, especially you got a part like cart. You sort of sets the ball everywhere. So it's great about playing with a great player. <laughs> okay, you know where the ball is going. So do you have to track it or see it? No, you you use another part of your brain or your vision. Again. If you, if you, you've got to hit it where they're not, the only way to do it is to be able to see. So the ball has to be here in front of you. You, you like, God, go look at my Facebook page. The two top teams in the world in the finals of a tournament are looking up like this. Okay. They cannot see the block. They cannot see the defensive player. They're guessing. And you can see. So, okay. So you're taking one look. So when I watch high level and when I still play, I tend to take a look kind of as I'm finishing my pass, like Todd Rogers was really good at this. Um, maybe take another look and then maybe another look. Are you saying that that's, you didn't used to do that and you, you don't recommend that? You just, uh, is that too many say, looks? Look, you got to build on things. It, it, look, I, I have this problem with youth sports with my kids. <laughs> Go look at video. They're not looking at the ball, right? Now you yeah, just said yeah. passing. All right, they're not. You're not looking at the ball when you're passing. You don't do this with the ball. All right. Yeah, yeah. I got a drill against the wall. You know, you hit. Right? <laughs> I got a ton of things here. 
you're going, you're just sort of hitting the ball. You're not doing this, all right, looking at the ball. If you're like hitting against the wall, it's not how it works. You don't see people doing this when they're passing. All right, you're, you're, you're looking like this and the ball comes in, you know, right? So the ball's here, you're passing like this. You know, all right, first of all, uh, uh, they, they teach you like your eyes, your body follows your eyes. Okay, so if you're not looking in the right direction, if you're looking at the ball, you're going it's the wrong wrong way. Yeah, to do it. No, I got you. They talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. driving, right? You got to look yeah. where you want to go. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's interesting. That vision is really interesting, though, because um, everyone I think everyone does that a little differently. But um, but you were able to see the block really well, and you talked about going up against wit a lot, which is a huge block. Um, well, all right. So first of all, first of all, you've made a trade off in your jump, right? I think most people are indoor trained now. Yeah. Before. yeah so in indoor you really have to jump high you have to go up because it's it's different there's not hot there's not shots and stuff like that it's not you're I mean, higher most people jump straight up and you have to jump out and that's yeah. a problem because it's in sand okay the the it gives way when you try to move right so <laughs> you know it's like trying to jump out of water right so most people it's their their, their feet start going the only way they can jump is up you have to train yourself to be jumping forward now, you, maybe you're mentally you don't want to do that because you think you got to jump high. I got to jump as high as I can. I got to reach as high as I can. That's not it. If you, if you want to sacrifice a little height so you can see, there's one thing. You have to be moving. Again, you have to be jumping forward. Okay. So you can come into the ball so you can see it. You have to be coming in. And they don't do it. The top players don't do it. The ones that win do it more often. <laughs> okay. And I'm the winningest player of all time. You don't see the other team. You're going to, right, let me put it this way if you can see the other team, Right, you, you you got their tails and tendencies. You know what how they block, how they play defense. You know what they're gonna do, and you just look for it. And you can hit, hit it where they're, they're not. not. Hit it where they're, they're not. not. Okay, so strategy. simple game. It's a simple game, Aaron. <laughs> hit so, it where they're not. Pass so, that hit. So strategy. So winning strategy. So back when it was side out scoring, hmm? if you side it out and you got a real point, you got you got a point right? Mm -hmm. You got a point. Mm -hmm. And if you did that a few times throughout the game, you're most likely we're going to win. Now, you, when you can get a point on their error, what I like to do, and please correct me if I'm wrong, you, I'd love your thoughts on this. But what I like to coach and what I like to practice is I not only want to get a point, however, whether it's on my, my good or their error, I want to get the next one in a row quickly so I can get two points in a row. If I can get two points in a row throughout a game, usually I'm going to get to 21 first. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that strategy. Um, you know, so you're saying like you, you really want to focus harder after a point? Yeah, that is what we I'm did, saying. You know what's funny? We did a drill like that that was specifically designed to we, – we, you, you, uh, you had to get a side out and a point. Right, two in a row. In order to get the yeah. point right the ma the, ma the ma manchester point and you like oh, okay we really got to side out this one because we get we get the we get the big point <laughs> and it right. trained you to like really focus on that so yeah that's a good technique um any any technique you can do to try to self-motivate and fire yourself up or is good yeah I yeah would say so oh, here's another one like we never want to give up two points in a row ever right. that was a big deal like no you know like never never 
we're going to die before we give up two points in a row. So again, I think, I think if, I think if I understand you correctly, you're coming up from a focus perspective, you're trying to use a technique to get into focus, which is great because focus is hard. You got to get back on focus. And, you got to fire up. Like, again, you know, all these people say, oh, I give 110%. You can't. This mm-hmm. is how it goes in the game. It goes up and down and up and down. You, you can't give 100% effort or else, you know, like Usain Bolt is not a good 5,000 meter runner. He's a good runner. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Because if he ran that fast, he'd die. Okay. So I guess, I guess the, the other thing I was trying to get at too is momentum, right? Because when you grab momentum, you want more of it, right? You just, and then when they have momentum, you want to stop their momentum. Oh, so my that, God. There's a part. There's a part in, in in the game, the Cancun game. I didn't do the second game. I just did the first game. There's a there's a time when uh, Sheriff Sheriff completely mentally he like he has a mental like yeah. big lapse and he gets uh-huh. up a couple points. And if you could, I, and I think the Norwegians knew it because they played against him and they knew to get on that guy when he's having a mental lapse. And yeah. he tried some like shot on two, and you, you just mess it up before he got back on track. So yeah. Like if guy makes a mistake and you can get on him or you feel they're tired, you go after him. You go after him hard. You know, you, you, yeah. you look at him too like this. I'm coming after you, putting the pressure on you. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so I want to kind of, uh, oh yeah, one more thing before we move into the AVP. I want to talk about the business of the AVP. But um, I, want, I want to ask you how you utilize uh, stoppage time. Because there's a lot of stoppage time in beach volleyball. And this is this, I want this to be relatable outside of sport too. So let me, let me say what what I want to say. And then I'd love to hear your response. So I think the best players in the world utilize that stoppage time. And by stoppage, by stoppage time, I mean the time between each whistle, which is a lot of time. If you count up all that time Mm -hmm. throughout a whole match, I mean, you're talking a lot of minutes of dead time um but it's probably right this uh at the the game right now is probably about eight seconds maybe anywhere between eight and 15 seconds when you were playing what would you say it was we knew for a fact because we had a clock (laughs) well yeah 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 so you know one hour game it would be less than eight minutes of actual physical play right so average play was four and a half seconds average okay Okay. so how do you use that how do how did you utilize that stoppage time to your benefit um just getting getting ready getting back in focus getting under what's going to happen right right All, every like that with a, with a stoppage sport like volleyball is football is the same way basketball is not it's a flow sport you have to um you, you what, what what's going on right it depends right so if am i blocking am i am i am i serving am i receiving serve and who's receiving who's serving right so you're getting yes. prepared you're getting prepared. okay you're not drifting Okay, so so just know what you mean? Yes, that is what I mean. And then so okay, let's say there's 10 seconds of stoppage time. I don't know. Maybe it's uh between each play, maybe it's a little less, maybe it's a little more. Out of those 10 seconds, how much time are you allocating to reflect? How much allo- how much time are you right here, right now, and how much time are you setting up the next play in your mind? Well, reflect is easy. It's <laughs> is it zero or is it the past? Yeah. Or is it like one or two? Are you saying, okay, I got to do that better next time. Shoot, let's go. Or are you just washing it? You have to. You have to have no memory. Hmm. Okay, as a professional, you have to have no memory. Yeah. If it, God, I read some of these psychological sports psychologists and half of it is, uh, 
you know, overcoming the what you did, like getting beyond it, they say. I, I get it. <laughs> get, the only way to through it is the switch. Mm. Just, just stop. Just doesn't matter. That's Ready? Cool. Here's, a, here's the thing. This is a Tony Robbins thing, too. It's an NLP thing. Now, you know, mm -hmm. neurolinguistic program, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, band, bander. Like band, bandler is the, is the guy who did it first. Transformations. Go, go Google it. There's nothing in your past that's going to help you in your future. Mm, I know wow. there's a whole section over here that says differently, and I don't think they're right. I think the Bandler and the Robbins and the NLP is right. There's nothing in your past that's going to help you in your future. Period. That's deep. No matter what happened to you, yeah, it's not it does, Or to put it this way, the solution isn't back there. <laughs> I like here. that. It's in front of you. Right? I like that. So yeah, I, yeah. Well, I mean, God, it just right. I, I lost half the tournaments I less than half the tournaments I played. And when you're a player, you're gonna have a lot of adversity. You're gonna you're gonna lose a lot, but it's not. You have to reframe it too. Like losing sucks, and I keep blocked. Is I got blocked by Carl in the because I was dumb. I was coming in straight. So you know, I said you gotta you can't do that. But again, like I don't know. I, well. I guess I'd have to talk to an athlete again. I've been, I, try, I told you, I've been, I've been some of these the people have been calling me lately to try mm -hmm. to talk about winning some professional yeah, yeah. baseball yeah. player in particular. I told you about, yeah, I don't know what else is going on in their mind. And I don't know. I'd have to talk to somebody to ask them, well, what are you thinking about? And why, like, why are you thinking about that? Right. Like, what would you say? Like, so what, what do your, what do your kids say? If you ask them that, right? Like what, what, what why would you think about that? You, 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 I got blocked a hundred times by <laughs> Whitmore. <laughs> like the other Whitmore's blocking me was hot. If I wasn't on board and it happened a lot. Yeah. Okay. And those yeah. guys, yeah, we won a lot of tournaments, but we would lose. And those guys could beat us. Like literally when Whitmarsh was motivated and Mike Dodd, cause he was an old man when I played him, he, when he was feeling good and had some couple of, uh, you know, painkillers in, they could beat us. None other, none other, no other teams could actually win unless we were really screwing up, but they could beat us. Like, it happens. What, what do you want to do? Go out. You know, do you want to play? You don't want to play. You want to win people? You want to win? Don't worry about the bat. Go win tomorrow. How many, how many gold medals you got to win, people? How many world championships you got to win? How many tournaments you got to win? Ready? One. And by the way, the next one's the only one you can win. You can't yeah. win that one. All right. No. You can only win that one. So go ahead this way. Don't That's think a good that mindset. way. Right? That's a good mindset. Yeah, I like Same that. Same thing with any play. Yeah, I like that a lot. But yeah, uh, so I'm always in the future, right? I'm always trying to stop time, and I'm always in the future, constantly. I like, I like right? That. So I'm bouncing between future and, and, and focus now. Like, like the alchemist. Alchemist talks about it beautifully. Alchemist talks about it beautifully. A personal yeah. legend, right? Yeah, I it's, love he that. He hits it square, square down the middle. I love that. Yeah. Uh, briefly mention talking about playing with Karch Karai and Jose Loyola. It's always great to play with the world's best players. <laughs> it's always great. That's the good thing about being number one. You get to choose the other number one. You guys are the two number ones. Any specifics so, that you could, yeah. Any specifics about playing with those guys? Uh, in terms of what? I mean, anything, I, 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 I spent more time with them than they did with their wives during the tour. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think Karch very focused, very, very, he's a, he's a beach volleyball player. That's all he wants to do. That's all he wanted to do in life. He didn't want to do anything else, right? He, he, he wouldn't read a book. He wouldn't read a magazine. He wouldn't read a newspaper. He just sat there and sat like this, play volleyball, go back and sit down. He's and win, focused. right? Like focus on yeah. winning, right? Winner. 
he didn't talk much. He didn't talk much. So I don't really have much of an insight into his thought process. And I guess he's probably maybe it was maybe speaking now. But uh, like you would ask him a question like, oh, Karch, what do you think about, uh, you know, the upcoming election? You'd be like, what do you think? <laughs> uh, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? He's like, well, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? <laughs> we, we would sit there in the player's tent, or not the player's tent. We'd sit there in the, in the uh, whatever, side changes, right? Uh, in the player box. He wouldn't say a word. He'd just be stuck. Jose's yapping the whole time. It's, uh, yeah. Um, he was, I think he, you know, first of all, he's very emotional, right? He's, he's, he's got a lot of emotion. Like he's very, very sensitive, very sensitive. You can, yeah, I had to be careful that I didn't, uh, you know, hurt his feelings because <laughs> yeah. he would go over the wire. He's a very sensitive guy. So he had a lot of emotional, he, had, he was trying to work on that emotional, you know, control, right? He'd see himself punch yeah, yeah. himself in the head every once in a while. <laughs> He'd get pissed. Yeah. So but that, that Jose. Jose was like he's type two at all right. So there's self one, self two, all right. Uh, like the inner game of tennis. Yep, Jose's yep, yep. a self two athlete. Karch is a heavy duty self one athlete. Right. Right. right? So right. Jose's the guy who's going to kick the ball down. You know when he's going to try to kick it with his foot. He's all over the. He's all he's crazy. He's jumping. He's deciding this and that. Kind of got to bring Jose, you know, back into back into himself. Like play within yourself. Karch mm -hmm. had no problem with that. Mm -hmm. But God, Jose was a phenomenal athlete. Phenomenal, jump high, run high. He just, he just, he just. Sometimes you just get bored. I talked yeah. about before. You just get I'm just. I'm bored. That's <laughs> funny. Athletes out there, a lot of volleyball players. You all, I know. Watch what he. I know you get bored, right? That's the problem. You got to watch the tape. It's boring. You got to play pass, set, hit, pass, set, <laughs> hit, pass, set, hit, oh, over man. and over. That's the game. Don't get bored. If you get don't get bored, like Jose would be funny, and Mangus would be going crazy. So yeah, those are the two things. Both of them were uh, obviously hard workers, right? Um, you know, both really good. You know, Karch was a really good student of the game, clearly. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, he was also. Here's another deal between the two. He didn't want Karch was old school. They, those guys didn't like to make mistakes. No serving errors. Like, um, God, Ron Von Hagen told me, he goes, why are you blocking, Ken? It's a sign of weakness. Don't you agree with your side out game? I'm like, Ron, you, we kind of, we're not blocking people. They're going to cut. I don't know how it's going to win. He's like, well, just don't give up a point on your side out. So same thing. Why are you jump serving, Ken? Or we got to put him in trouble, Ron Von Hagen, so he can score points. Like, it's a sign of weakness. That's funny. <laughs> so he'd be, Carter, you know, put it, hit it in. Never make a mistake. He would. God, he got the worst. Let's see his lollipop. Guys, you want to win gold medals? Be like Karch. Lollipop serves. Okay. <laughs> the easiest serves on the planet is lollipop him over there because he, that's good though. He was tight. He didn't want to, he didn't want to make a mistake. You'll see it. Uh, you'll see it in that Cancun match with Sheriff. Okay. He's just all over the map, right? Making mistakes. Those guys make mistakes all the time. Yeah. Their fundamentals are off. But they're, they, they overcome it with really, they're really hard workers. Okay? Yeah. You gotta really work hard like they do when their fundamentals are so bad. Okay. So yeah. Karch would he would always hit high probability shots. You want to look all right. So if you look at a game and you look at what's high probability and what's low probability, Karch was always playing high probabilities. All right. The other guys get they want to go for it. You know, they want to, they're bored, you know. They, they you want to take you want to take you want to take an open shot, not with someone in your face, not going backwards. So you high probability, low probability. Karch was the master the master at that of playing the probabilities yeah jose was a little bit more artistic right a little more expression he just liked to crack balls and hit balls hard and run around and jump and 
do this whole deal. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, two different, no, that's awesome. Like two totally different opposite sides. I know. I I, I like. I was number one with Cards, and I switched. It was number one with Jose. So yeah, that's another well, record I have. Actually, I think I, I've kept track. I was the only one that was number one to one guy that one year, and then number one to another guy the next year. I think that's really cool because it shows interpersonal skills, which is a huge part of this game. You have to be able to, you know, deal with two different, totally different types of people, right? Two different personalities and be successful. You know, yeah. The only way you can do it is to give in, give up. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't about me. My goal is to win. Yeah, right. Not to push my own personality onto somebody and to get interpersonal issues with uh, with anybody um you know uh and that, that that's a that's a big problem with sports they don't talk about it like the, the, it's a lot of tension on teams yeah kobe and Shaq mm, weren't best buds right right <laughs> they, right they had, to figure, they had to figure out a way to work together and uh so I, I like i said if i had to carry a guy's if i had to carry a guy's bags through the airport i'd do it because my goal is to win all right yeah. carts yeah. want to be left alone all right don't bother don't even say anything about his game <laughs> like don't even give him any suggestion don't talk to him don't talk to Karch when you're playing with him right it just piss him off he'll get all he'll get all offended he gets offended really quickly <laughs> he did <laughs> that's how sinjin got to him sinjin would just pimp him all the time and just get him crazy jose on the other hand was freaking exhausting to play with because he's he, he needed that motivation come on jose come on let's go let's go buddy come on so i went from doing nothing in the player box during side changes like come, come on jose you're the greatest let's go ah ah chest bumps high fives jose 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 even now it's getting crazy it's getting tiring <laughs> that's funny so that's how you work with different people be you got to work with me go out you know the partner does that to you too that's the best teams when both of you guys are doing that for each other but that's like that, that's relatable to life skills right that's we all need that in life in business and relationships and i mean I, I, that's why i love the game beach volleyball you we can take those lessons and we can apply them elsewhere mm-hmm. um okay i know you're passionate about this topic let's let's talk about the business of beach volleyball well, i went to business school i got an economics I know. degree i got a finance degree too I so know. yeah two I know. things so, I, like. I like volleyball and i like business so yes. business of volleyball is really fun and me too. And me too. And so, okay, so let's let's get into this. So over the years, uh, beach volleyball as a business has been very rocky. Um, and I know you have a vast knowledge of this, but I, I want to tell you where I'm coming from uh, real quick. So I actually, I actually got an internship at the AVP when I was uh, 13. Well, it was Dan, Dan Vrabolovich, I want to say 97-ish. Mm-hmm. 97 mm-hmm. right around there right, right around when there. about to go bankrupt when yes no i they're, it was they're bill burning burger. through money and screwing it up right 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 so it was bill burger dan Rabalovich. it was a little office in the marine del rey so i got to be in there i got to i got to kind of see you know what was going on and it was it was a little rough you know and so you talk about another podcast you talk about how like you guys back in the 90s and and even prior to that right uh like the early 90s so the glory days 93 when I was right. playing, when I was number one. Yes, yes. When I was in uh, when charge. Miller time, right? Big Miller. money. And Cuervo, baby. Cuervo, Cuervo, Miller. Like from that time, and then fast forward to now, you know, we, we've had a rocky road, bankruptcies, um, viewership changes. Uh, I, I know you got the business plan. I know. We're going to talk about well, that. My, this is my office. I mean, I know, I know. But I, I'd like before we get into a bunch of jerks are involved jerks stop coming to my sport i freaking hate you people get out of my (laughs) if you're a jerk get out of my spot well 
Spoiler, look, sports attracts bad, it attracts bad people and incompetent people, period, right? Because the incompetent people just want, think, think it's fun and the bad people are just bad. They like to do bad things. That's a problem. Man, right. Okay, so, okay. Here's where, here's where I you want me to tell you how bad it is. You want me to tell you about the head <laughs> of the AVP? Sure. I owned it. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to tell you people what it's like. This is what he told me in the Peninsula Hotel to my face. He said that women's beach volleyball is over because online porn is free and therefore no one's going to watch beach volleyball women. So he equated beach volleyball females to pornography. He was in charge. Yeah. Is that the guy you want to charge your sport? Is that guy going to be successful? With your sport, no, he's not. Okay, that's ridiculous. Right, yeah, right. Sick, sick too. Weirdly. Okay, so, so here, here, let me. I'm gonna give you my take real quick on where, what I think happened and where I think we should go, and I'd like to hear your thoughts. Okay, so I think what happened in the '90s was we had alcohol money, right? This, uh, the Miller time, the Cuervo, like you mentioned, right? That was the main exchange because it wasn't a ticket sale. And I've heard you talk about another podcast. It's not, you're not relating to players. There's no player stories happening. You can't really get behind a team, even though you and Karch were, you know, maybe the best team ever. Um, you know, and I, I, I was a fan. I, you guys inspired me when I was a kid. But like, right, there's no jersey sale. I can't get a Kent Steffes jersey. You know, I got one. I give you. Uh, I mean, I'll but I can't one. get one. I can't. But I'm saying as a <laughs> fan, right? Field of jerseys. I got three of them. Still. <laughs> but I'm saying as a fan, right? Like I can't. I can't go buy merch, really. Why you not? know. So, well, that wasn't available. It's not. It's still not available. I can't go buy like. You know what I mean? So Why like, <laughs> but it's not like this, right? Like you it's know, because they're doing it wrong. They're doing it wrong. Right. Right. That's my point. That's my point. So back then. You had alcohol money. That was the exchange. The exchange was you get to go to an event and you got to see that branding. And then that was the exchange. So it's been, they, I think they've tried to duplicate that throughout, you know, this whole time. And now it's still kind of like that. You got all these different sponsors kind of, they're trying to do the NASCAR model, but there's still really no exchange. You know, it's, it's entertainment. Yeah, for sure. I, I get that. When I come, I get to see entertainment, but that's kind of my issue with it. Where's the exchange? What do you mean exchange? Exchange. You go to a Laker game, you know, you buy a ticket, you get you get an experience. That's the exchange. Mm -hmm. I get to right. go have an experience. Right. You know, so at a beach volleyball tournament, it's not quite an experience, in my opinion. And I, I, it, it is what it is, right? right. And I've heard right, you say right, that before. Right. Here's, your, here's the big question. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. What, what makes you think they want one? Well, well, yeah. All right. What, what's the AVP's business model? It's not professional beach volleyball. It's amateur volleyball. Mm. All right. AVP keeps the professional side solely for the branding. Their business is amateurs. It's memberships. Okay. Mm. They're required by the ball contract to do three tournaments, and that's all they do. So if the players want something different, the players want something different. I play for the Association of Volleyball Professionals. We formed a players union, players group, and we went and sold our services. Nobody else is going to do it, right? Yeah. But us. And that's why we were successful. The AVP is now a corporation. It's a business under Bally's that is so, that's mostly in the um, amateur area. I mean, they just bought the largest brass tournament company of all time. AVP wants to do Potsdam Rumbles, right? They don't want to do Manhattan Beach Opens. <laughs> yeah i guess you're right but i guess where i'm coming from is i want it to thrive 
like I'm a fan, you know, I, it's not like, uh, you know, I say the whole exchange thing, but it's like, I want there to be an exchange. I want it to, I want the prize money. I just saw Alcaraz at the U S open get handed a check for a $2.5 million for one tournament. Our, our champions just got handed a check for 30 grand split. Yeah. Well, is that what people want? They want more money. I they think it would fans? really help. I, I think it would really help to fight for something other than who? just the plaque. Who are you, you, you going to fight? Yeah. Here's right. the business plan, people. Yeah, Here's yeah. Here's the plan. <laughs> I got all the people you need to put it together, and nobody's going to do it. That's the tragedy. That's why I wrote it up. I wrote it up, and I said it's in Travis's hands and Triborn's hands, right? Yeah, right, right, we'll right. Complain to them. They have the power. Okay. Well, give a little sneak peek of it. You don't have to go details, but you know what? What should we? What should the AVP do? Players, okay. So the AVP, the AVP is into grass tournaments. Okay, who wants professional volleyball tournaments? All right, the professional players do. So, so what should the players do then? Uh, call me. (laughs) 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 All right, here's the story. Right volleyball is is not a big okay i know every everyone gets pissed at me for some reason when i say it's not that big and it's not it's a small business it's a business size it's not there's four million people i just looked this up yesterday there's four million people who play beach volleyball there's 45 million who play tennis and there's 60 70 million to play golf right (laughs) so your market is not big you have to get the most market you can all right and it's got it's got it's tough because you have to the best places to play are beaches and those are municipally owned and they're not that interested in giving it to you for free to advertise stuff necessarily. You got to make deals with them. But, uh, uh, and again, you're going to have to ask for people's help. All right. If for for what we, 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 if it's going to work, you're going to have to ask a lot of people for help and they don't want to screw around. All right. I got plenty of guys like billionaires that would be helpful i got uh, business people that would be helpful uh, bu- you yeah. know like spo- people who know how to do sponsorship deals they don't want to screw around right they don't want to screw around with people that aren't serious so i'll tell you what ready the top 10 players men doesn't just give me the top 10 guys form an association say somebody sell us that's all it takes what all right, imagine i had a tour imagine i had all, the, all these guys i talk about well who do i talk to who do I talk to if I want to put it on? All the players are sitting around saying, who's going to give me money? Okay. Is that how it works? Is that how your, your law firm, that's how it works? Hey, just walk in. You want, don't you want legal service? Come walk in and find me. You got to get out there yourself. Yeah. It's not bad. I mean, so the, you, everyone does a sports roulette. I talk about it all the time. Well, we should be like this and be like that and be like, you know, Formula One is enormous. Okay. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey are enormous. Stop comparing yourself to those. Start comparing yourself to axe throwing, right? That's probably more appropriate. Nobody likes to hear that. But saying like, well, what did some guy say? Uh, He was a 21-ranked player. He goes, I should be paid the same as a 21-ranked golfer. That guy makes $5 million. Right, right, right. That's not going to happen. I think the reason behind that is relatability, right? Beach volleyball is just not relatable to most people. You know, like we not at all. Not, no, right. it's not. It's 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 a complexity in Arabic communication. There's yeah, specific yeah. things we know. Game's not that complex. Okay, golf and tennis aren't that complex, but they have industries around them. So shoes, rackets, you know, golf clubs, yeah, golf yeah. balls, golf yeah. courses. Uh, golf has an affiliation deal, right? So all CEOs and rich people like to play golf because you know I've made it. I'm a golfer. 
Uh, so they they understand their business model. What's what's what? It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter how big B tribal is. They're not maximizing what they can do. And the best you can do is to maximize it. Okay. Right? So it's got a it's a terrible. All right, <laughs> volleyball is small. Okay. Uh, you need to you need to go play on public places. <laughs> That's why they always want to do these stadiums. And why they did a parking lot in Long Beach because they have to control the area because you got to go down to Huntington Beach and the city council is not that happy to have a beach volleyball term for a for-profit entity. All right, they'll do it for a nonprofit. They'll do it if you're helping out the community. All right, so that's a bad thing. You have an FIVB tour where all the good players are and your guys could leave anytime they want. And who knows what's going to happen with that. So if you're going to start an American tour, what if the top Americans don't come? You got a, you got a lot of things you're overcoming, right? That's why... If the players aren't aren't working, like again, if the players aren't asking, aren't they out there asking? A asking like what for sponsorships? Asking for the guy what? who's going to get you the sponsorship money, the Leonard Armando, the Jeff Dankworth, the uh, Ruben Acosta are are very expensive. <laughs> okay, they're very expensive because they're very good at what they do. What about why asking... are they why are they going to give the money to you? Right, right. Okay. What about well maybe your social media following maybe you have maybe you have a big following on social media but why i can why? get the check to, I, I can get the check tomorrow it's it's not here it is here's the business i'm telling you all right i want to i want to see that thing everybody what about, doesn't want nobody want to try it's over on uh travis's refrigerator i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna call him yeah what mckibben a, madison mckibben i'm not contradicting myself i know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> why you get pushback. You get pushback from everybody. Everybody's got it. All right. First of all, let me give you an example. Everybody changes. The volleyball changes the rules all the time. All right? They're like, oh, yeah. we need to make it more exciting. Says who? First of all, what makes you think excitement is what drives fans to a sport? That's idiotic. Okay. Golf is freaking boring, as is tennis, and they make a ton of money. So it ain't about excitement. Okay. So oh, let's change the rule to make it exciting. Uh, really? Okay, that's wrong, but whatever. Oh, Sinjin was on a podcast. Well, don't you want to see it go back and forth? No. It was uh, rallies are more exciting because they're rare. Okay. <laughs> they're rare. Home runs are rare. That's why they're exciting too. But if every hits a home run, then it's not that exciting. That's right? true. So that's, it's even the wrong thinking, right? You're trying to drive fans of the thing. You're trying to drive money into the sport. You're trying, there's no industry around the sport. I've said this a million times. Where's yeah. the volleyball industry? Right. That's why, what why, why aren't you have sunglasses, sunscreen, yeah. clothing? Saying. I mean, you, you have a naturally because nobody, nobody, well, again, you have bad people running it or have been in the past. I'm not saying, I don't want to name any names, but I'm, I don't know anything about the, the current people. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's not, again, like it's, <laughs> everybody's got an idea everybody argues with with it everybody are ready you got to put on a tournament right you gotta yeah, put, yeah. the best guy's got to show up but it's expensive to put on tournaments and that's no, why it's you not know. no it's not to get a string okay that's my point ready real estate location 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 events free venue free venue free venue all right if you that's the problem is they they're, they're too expensive to run that's their that's why they're failing yeah. Our, right, it costs us three hundred thousand dollars to put on a beach volleyball tournament, including prize money of one hundred fifty. Right, the tournaments now cost a million dollars. Why? You need that big stadium. You don't need anything. Look at a, a cover of our book. Okay, yeah, There's more yeah. people on this book cover right. in the seventies. It doesn't cost anything. Right, this is a zero cost event. You start at no cost. Why? Well, 
Manhattan Beach won't let them won't let them advertise. They won't let them sell tickets. So they have to create this thing to have the VIP area to try to sell that, try to get some revenue. Like every decision drives from that it's in, it's being incorrectly put together. Well, I also think you know with the whole VIP area right now, you can't drink on the beach legally in California, right? So alcohol. Yeah, I, my I, club, but yeah, you're right. I I go back to alcohol because every other sport you just mentioned, you can go and enjoy an adult beverage while you watch the game. Every other sport you just mentioned, you got some challenges. You got some challenges because you're on public property, right? So that that's I why think, they want to go to Atlanta in the middle of the summer right. in the heat so they can sell beer and nobody right. goes. Because right. nobody wants to go to a beach volleyball tournament. Look, Manhattan's got a lot going for it, right? It's a beach town. Everyone likes volleyball there. It's a fun place to visit. It's a vacation destination, right? Or you want to go sit in some, you know, sit in, anyway. Yeah, I know we can go on and on about it, but just they're the last doing it, They're doing it wrong. It's so, again, well, just, just do get, get 150, 200,000 in prize money from a tournament is be nothing. Like, all right, my partner Tracy Sang does it for a living. She has, she puts on events, all right, for Los Angeles Magazine forever. And she got, she does better than the AVB. Okay, so just a couple things about this. Um, Bally's, just mm-hmm. you, do you think they should gamify it? You think they should allow betting? That, you want to talk handle and drop? What's the handle and drop going to be? All right. It, there, what, what's your point? You, well, what's your point? Like Bally's is not in the business of giving beach volleyball players money. They're in the business of taking money. Right. Revenue. But I'm saying revenue, that that would be an exchange of something. All right. Any, ready, ready? Anytime you hear something about the future that's never been in the past, ignore it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> ignore right. it. That's volleyball. 1990. Oh, Ken, trust me. We're going to do they, they, <laughs> Right. I, you know, guess what? Who knows? It's not tested. If it comes in, fine. Guess what? Why don't you do it the way we did it, which was successful, which would be successful now. Then if you want to gamify, first of all, is that who you want as your fans, as gamblers? I know. That's the challenge. That's challenging. Okay. Yeah. You don't yeah. need them. All right. You don't need them, but fine. Go, go gamble. All right. Here we go. Ten poles. This is why I was winning this player of all time. You hit it where they ain't. Okay. What is your goal? All right. Your goal is to put on beach volleyball tournaments. All right. I don't care. Right? When I started playing volleyball, I didn't care if anybody watched me, which happened, or nobody watched me, or a, or a billion people watched me, which was in the Olympics. Okay. Millions of people watched me on NBC. Hundreds of thousands came to watch me. I didn't care if zero people came or a billion people came. I didn't care if you paid me zero or you paid me the millions of dollars that you did. I was going to play anyway because I was the biggest, baddest, badass beach volleyball player on the planet. And I want to <laughs> prove to everybody else, including you, while you're out there, Sinjin Randy. <laughs> I wanted to be the number one beach volleyball player. Okay. And Randy and Sinjin said, you're not going to be the number one beach volleyball player kid. We are right. That's why these people are sitting there watching. They're watching champions and heroes going at each other. Right now, if there's money to be made, trust me, I'm Ken Stavis. I went, had, I went to business school and I have economics. I'm going to take what I'm going to, if there's money out there, I'm going to get my share. Trust me. But that's not why I play. What is your goal? Right. You have to you put on, first of all, you put on beach volleyball tournaments you have these athletes compete against each other and people will come. Then you worry about how to monetize it. Mm-hmm. Simple. Okay. What is your goal? All right. God, these elite 16 is a terrible idea. 
Yeah, you think so? FIVB. No. It's horrible. Like it's because they don't. Why? Why? Because they're a for-profit entity. He's got to make money. The moment he started thinking about making money, he lose my tribe said it on the same cast. He was hilarious. He goes, so the nonprofits make a ton of money and the for-profits lose yeah, money. Yeah. That's yep. the way it works, Try. Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay. The moment you start thinking about money, now you have to have a VIP section and a stadium. Now it's too big and you didn't get the thing and the sponsors. Right. Just you know, the most important thing is the game is the term like FIVP, your one job. Your one job. AVP is tough because they're now in the amateur ranks, but there's nobody in America whose job it is to put on tournaments with the best Americans. FIVB, your sole job is not to make money. It's to put on beach volleyball tournaments, to grow the game, all right? To assemble the world's best in certain places and have them beat each other to death. Yeah. See who's the best, okay? That's what, it's not about excitement, all right? It's about athletes competing to see who's the best. It's flow states. <laughs> nobody even gives a crap about this. They, you go to business school, nobody believes you. Like, whatever. Flow states, right? The fans enter the flow states that the athletes do, okay? They don't care about excitement. They don't care about the, they're, they They want to watch. They want, they're, they're sitting there just like Tiger Woods on the thing. They're thinking like he's thinking. That's what we know from the brain studies. The only other place you do that is concerts, right? So everyone jumps up and down during the, during the sporting event. They're being affected, all right? That's if you don't have all right. Who in America? Who in America is assembling all the best Americans and pounding out to see who's the best ones? There's no right. right? I, I get I get I get ten different groups around the country to put on tournaments tomorrow. Okay, I've talked to them. They've already said they would. They'll assemble people. They'll, they'll get the pro, they'll, they'll they'll get the courts. They get the city approval. They get the permits. They'll get well, the money. They'll get the prize money. Well, okay? maybe that's the idea. Maybe the AVP should like create affiliates all around the country that do that and like it's not the business model that's not what they're in the business to do and okay? it, I, I was when just you saying talk like, to the players when you talk to the players the players all want to own it right that's what happened in the 90s that's what happened in the 2000s when it fell apart players thought they should own it well nobody's going to help you you need guys you need help you need people right, the, the 10 groups i said they'll put on tournaments are going to do it because they're 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 they want to they're they're gonna be interesting they're not gonna do it because to get you rich like if it's a for-profit company yeah he's gonna do it that's not how it works right the tournament roses parade all those volunteers what if i owned it if donald's son owned the rose parade all those thousands of people would be working for free no <laughs> okay the city of pasadena would let you like go up and down the city no all right Man. so so the question uh, and then I, I want to move on to your book in a second. But question, if let's assume there's good people at the AVP, they're listening to you right now, and you have one piece of advice for them, if you are assuming that they want to expand and grow the sport. I got no advice for the AVP. I, the only advice I have is for the players. Okay. Go and, start a, go and start a tour where you guys meet up every once in a while and beat the crap out of that little white pill. <laughs> okay. okay all right you guys get together all you players you guys say we're gonna meet here 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 on this and this date and we're gonna smash it around to tell who's the best all right trust me all right these people are gonna start showing up and when these people show up the money comes that's what the sponsors the the tv comes to the money comes in you can sell they want to buy a t-shirt they want to buy a memory yeah. of the place Right, they want to buy some shorts. They want to buy whatever it is you're selling. They want to buy a book or whatever it is you're selling. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I hope, you know, I hope the AVP does well. Because uh, like I said, I'm a fan, um, you know, and um, 
They anyway. are doing well. They're doing great. <laughs> They're doing great. Have you seen their grass tour schedule? I actually have their no, schedule? I, I have, have you I seen haven't. their membership roster schedule? I, I, memberships? Haven't. I haven't seen any of that. Yeah, no. well, yeah. you got to be a member. <laughs> you got to be a member to see. They're doing great. AVP, by the way, good business model. Those guys are good. They're smart, right? They're doing great. You're, what we were talking about was the professional beach volleyball tour. I do want that to do well too. Yeah, I, I want that yeah, to do yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. It's that part. It's the, the it, this big pyramid. It's this one you want here, right? Well, because you know, the amateur, not the youth, not the old people, right? Right, exactly. But you know, you mentioned Triborn. I I just had him on the show last week. He just won. Uh, he just won Manhattan. He just won Chicago. I want him to do well. I want him to thrive. I want him to consider himself a professional a thriving professional athlete who gets paid a lot of money. Like that. I want that for him. You know, I was on a show. I showed him what to do. We'll see if he does it. All right. He's got the business model. He's <laughs> got right. the plan. Let's go. Call me. Let's try board. <laughs> Travis, just call me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they won't. All right. Hey, let's Kent. move on. Yeah. Kent, you wrote a book just, you know, just, I know we've been kind of talking about it throughout this whole podcast, but let's, let's end the ship on this book it's a great book talk about your writing process briefly talk about um this idea of actually you know what i'd like you to talk about as an athlete now you have something in your hand you actually have a product now uh-huh. and for me that's really cool you know i'm about to have i'm about to release mine but talk about yours and 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 how that feels as an athlete to have a product in your hand and talk and say anything else about it because it's a, it's an awesome book. Well, first of all, it's really great to be a published author. It's really fun. I never thought yeah. I'd do that in my life. I, I just I love collecting things that I do. You want to talk about being inspired? Yeah. I always try to find something new to, to right. work on. So if it was back in the day when I did woodworking, right? <laughs> <I learned woodworker>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this was a book. And so, see, here's the problem: is when you're an athlete, when you're young, you don't know necessarily how to articulate and communicate what it is you're thinking, feeling, and, and processing. All right. So everyone wants to hear from athletes, but they're not, they, they don't know different, like from what they are. It takes a little while, reflection, time. I had to study other stuff, read other things in order to understand what I was doing. I hmm. wouldn't have been able to write the book when I was 25 and number one in the world because I didn't have the, sure. I, I wasn't able to step back from it and see it and sort of like, oh, I was doing something, I was doing different things than other people were. Sure. Right? So that was, that's one of the best part is this would, this, 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 this is, yeah i was really able to understand my experience what i went through and then when we talked to the other people we really got their perspectives too okay yeah yeah um there's not a lot of books written about volleyball and beach volleyball and the articles all blow because they just i hear the puff piece or a hit piece and they're all bs they all make it they just make stuff up about except for happened. travis's work travis wrote travis, travis good is stuff. good though i you travis know it's funny well I, I i we had a good trust and i like him because He's very positive and he, he likes, he likes to celebrate it. <laughs> Dude, volleyball magazine. Where's Don and Don Patterson. If you're out, you listen to Don Patterson, what was your problem? You just wanted to like bash us all the time, which is fine. Like bash me, Don Patterson. If that's what you, you think is going to be interesting, your readers at volleyball magazine or volleyball monthly back in the day. But does anybody want to know what really happened? Was everybody want to know what we were thinking, feeling, experiencing? Then the books are that kind of way to do it. Like you can yeah. get, you can, you can explore the thing. I mean, there was a lot of stuff in there that. All right, so, so Travis came to me with the book, 
in its in its really early form. And I we we mentioned earlier about how I was, I'm writing Facebook posts, and he asked me if I could if he could use some of that stuff. And I yeah. said, sure, I don't care. But then he interviewed me, and I like, said, look, like, <laughs> or actually, Sinjit said that, <laughs> like, you you want the book to be as it is, you want to be right. <laughs> like all right that's it there's a couple stories in there that told about me i said well that they're great stories feel free to put them in they're not right they're not true it didn't happen all right so go ahead and he was like oh actually i do want to kind of get to the truth and i said well there's no such thing there's only perspectives so either you're going to give the and this is what's great about the book we give everybody's perspective all right everybody's different everybody sees things differently okay i just told you what to do with the avp no one listens to me. Nobody's going to do it. Fine. I'm 54. I've been through it three times, whatever, how many times. Good for you. I don't play anymore. But everyone's got a different perspective. It is, it, but it's informed by who they are because everyone's a unique and individual. When I talk about that winning switch, it's it's unique to every sport. And it's unique to every individual because you are unique. Right. So there is there's only so we put those perspectives in and now the reader can look well travis says the reader can decide i say the reader can see that people have different perspectives and they see they they look at the same event in a different way all right and yeah. that's cool to me at least yeah. i thought it was cool and that's what i sort of insisted on with travis in the book again you know never let the truth get in the way of a good story if it's a good story <laughs> yeah sure, no make sure you put someone else in this says it didn't happen <laughs> I think it's really cool. And like I told you before, the imagery is great. And you just take the reader on a little journey, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, and it's really cool. So uh, I'll leave a link to it. Tell people where they can go get this book. Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, Borders, your local bookstore, the coffee beans, <laughs> is there college universities, bookstores? There's no bookstores anymore. <laughs> there, there's some left. Does anybody there's read books? Look at you. <laughs> your butt look at look behind him everybody i my, knew my books are over here like i got a whole i, I used to have like st uh, like storage units full of books <laughs> you know what's cool about we're books? the only ones who read books <laughs> no I, I was gonna i was actually telling my roommate this yesterday you know what's cool about books i actually think they're making a comeback because first of all we're all so in our phones no, right now so much and it actually hurts our eyes like i my eyes are like geez so when i read a book it's actually refreshing because I don't like the images of Instagram and all that stuff aren't telling my brain what to look at. I get to create a picture in my head. And I mm -hmm. think, I think that's, I think there's a value to that. And I think that's making a comeback right now. I hope so. Yeah. I love to read too. Right. I yeah. actually had to stop myself buying books. I only go to the library because it was getting overwhelming. I was getting too yeah. many. <laughs> well, everyone listening, go buy this book. It's really cool. It's, it's, it's a, it's a class. I think it's an instant classic. So Thank you for writing the book and thank you, Travis, for for co-writing co it. And Kent, this was awesome, man. Um, before we end. Anytime, I have, man. I talk yeah. volley all day. Nobody listens to me anyway. Everyone's no, this is great. With you. Hit it where they it's, ain't. Winning switch. <laughs> Flip the switch. Win. The goal's a win. Hit it where the, uh, you know, there you go. So. Last thing, Kent, fulfillment. What does fulfillment mean to you? uh being fulfilled i think um all right god you know what did i read there was what was that zen thing i'm, I'm kind of zenish in yoga you'd be yeah, surprised yeah. It's pretty cool um uh, i i really like this sort of philosophies where they say it's uh it's um your wants over your desires okay so to the extent that you don't want anything in life, you're going to be really happy. Happiness easily equals wants or, or, or desires, wants over desires, something like that, wants over what you get. 
got to think about that. So to the extent well, that maybe you, wants over outcomes or something like that. Well, I think it's wants over. It's like want. Uh, I should say it's, 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 this is this is wants. So if you want a lot of stuff, and this is uh, satisfactions, right? Right. You want to shrink this. Because this is doesn't matter. So like the only way you can be infinitely happy is the not you know the Zen thing, not want anything. You know, start lowering your expectations. Just like every day I get up, I love you know when it rains. Isn't that great? It's raining. Cleans, you know, it just cleans out the the city, right? Isn't that? Mm. I always have this image of like, ah, oh, great. Now we're clean. The streets are clean. People are like, oh, it rains. It's like, so it's that mentality. How to be fulfilled? Just get your wants down, or you know, have very, very simple. Live simply, mm. right? Live simply. You know, live joyous. Live abundance. God, you're alive. First of all, we, we live in the greatest country on the planet. And we're living in a great city, Los Angeles, and there's plenty of food and there's no danger, really. It's great. I mean, it's a good time to be alive with the internet. You have unlimited amounts of entertainment, too much entertainment. You know, you won't get anything done. Uh, it's a nice place to be alive. Nice time to be here. Right? Enjoy. Yeah. Go out and enjoy. There's a lot of things to do, a lot of things to learn, a lot of things to enjoy. A lot of people to me, you know, people are, you know, go call some friends and go hang out if you're feeling down or something. Call me, <laughs> send me an email. I'll do, we'll do videos together. Of, uh, uh, you know, Cancun. <laughs> Talk I love it, man. <laughs> I love it. And you know what, Kent? Yeah. I just, I, I love the passion that you have uh, for sharing your knowledge right now. I, I know, I know you're doing the book tour, but what's, what, what comes out from your energy is just this you just want to share stuff you know and to, to anyone who wants to listen I, you know and I, I i think that's cool man i think that's really cool because you have so much to offer obviously as a champion but you know the winning mindset stuff but just you know even that even what you just said right there about fulfillment that that's awesome you know um coming from a, a champion an olympic gold medalist that's just really refreshing to hear you know and so i appreciate that mm, you thank know? you yeah. yeah. You know, again, just the way I am, you know, the book helps. The book helped to centered, center the situation. So I can talk, I, I get, I, 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 I get do too many things, by the way. I, I got a lot of interest. I got a lot of likes. I talk about simplicity, but I got a way always about because I like to do things. I like to do yeah. it. So yeah, like this helped me focus writing, doing, doing, doing podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah. To talk about, and, you know, so I've been thinking, I haven't thought about this stuff didn't think about it that's really cool man but it, yeah so th this helped me helped me to get you know focus focus me <laughs> well hey i just want to thank you again for your time uh we we, we did a long one today but it, this was gold are we so two much... hours are we almost two yeah. hours yeah man holy but, moly but that there's, there's so only much 40 minutes <laughs> i know but you know what there's so much gold in there and i just uh like i said before this is a full circle moment for me i'm a huge fan of you as an athlete and now I'm a huge fan of you as a person. And, you. Um, you know, I just wish you nothing but the best uh, for the the success of this book and and in your personal life. And um, we'd love to have you on for a part two sometime. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. All right. For, uh, don't I don't know if I'm going to say much different, though. <laughs> Hit no, over we, the eight. Hit it, the win switch. The goal is to win, all right? <laughs> it's a simple That's funny. game <laughs> simple game hey for everyone listening thank you so much uh for for sticking with us and for being a fan of the show go buy kent's book go buy kings thank of you. summer yeah, please you know it's a, it's a great book it's a great to have in your collection and uh once again kent thank you don't go anywhere don't go anywhere for everyone else appreciate you peace and blessings stay inspired